UPN Tuesday. Buffy the Vampire Slayer's scaring up a Halloween treat. I think I'm stuck. You're stuck? We're digging up the scariest evildoers of all time for a Halloween monster mash. What are you gonna do? Kill us? Welcome to Big Freaky Cereal Boxes of Death, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. We are a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We take a look. Wait, we are. Oh, God. It's the first time I messed up the intro in a while. Season 7, starting off strong. Okay. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is the Season 7 premiere lessons. We'll be talking about the plot, we'll be talking about characters, and we will be talking about what Joss Whedon and David Solomon think about those plot and characters. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. It's not about right. It's not about wrong. It's about podcasts. Does that sound like the master? Just like Mark Metcalf. It was like he was in the room with us just then. Right? Oh, welcome back. Another season, another summer has passed us by. It has been a full three and a half months since we did this last. Uh, so you probably don't remember who, who I am. My name is Kelly, and I'm here to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer with my wonderful co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. And my other co-host, Daniel. Say hello. The few months <laughs> Sorry, are man. going to be quite a ride, and I think we're all going to learn something about ourselves in the process. You'll learn that you're a, that you're a pathetic schmuck. If that hasn't sunk in already, look at you trying to listen to this episode just like her. You still don't get it. It's not about right. It's not about wrong. It's about something that we just heard one second ago. It's podcasting, baby. Podcasting. Mark Metcalf, MVP of the episode, maybe? Who knows? Well, we'll have to find mm. out. Uh, hey, this is, uh, this is Lessons. We're here to talk about that, which originally aired on September 24th of the year 2002, written by... Joss Whedon of Joss Whedon Infamy. Uh, 26, 27 for him. Only one more left. Can you guess which episode is left for him? Chosen. It's chosen. It's chosen. It's chosen. Uh, the last one was... Once more feeling. Once more feeling. What? Once more feeling. Excellent. Great job. Uh, <laughs> directed by David Solomon. Fifteen of nineteen for him. The last one was Villains, and the next one will be Selfless, season seven, episode five. Which is so soon. I thought Selfless wasn't until like the middle of the season. But we're gonna get it so soon. That's so exciting. What a great thing to look forward to right off the bat. But before we get to Selfless, we have to talk about this episode. And Stacia, I would love for you to tell me what happened in this episode. Uh, well, we pick up exactly where we left off. In Turkey, following a woman running for her life. That's where we <laughs> left off, right? Unfortunately, we'll never get to be properly introduced to our mystery woman because some robed guys stab her to death in an alley. On some more familiar ground in a Sunnydale graveyard, complete with a vampire sticking out of said ground, it looks like Buffy's making good on her promise to show Dawn the world by showing her the world of slaying. Buffy tells Dawn about her self-help book idea. <laughs> Power, who has it and who doesn't? And then Dawn fights with the now unstuck vampire. She stakes him but misses the heart, so Big Sis has to come in with the assist and Buffy beheads the vamp. As they leave the graveyard scene, they talk ominously about how vampires and demons are nothing compared to what's coming next. Dot, dot, dot. It's Sunnydale High School. It was rebuilt by the construction company Xander works for over the summer. It's apparently a very big and frightening deal, but he never thought to mention it to anyone. Not once. At any point last year. Not even one time. You think you get your, your, your business gets... Sunnydale High School as a contract, and you don't think to mention it to the Sunnydale High survivors at all. <laughs> the survivors. <laughs> really? Anyway, continue. Sorry. 
And it's lucrative. He said it was lucrative. It I was. mean, why wouldn't he tell And him? Dawn is about to go to there. This is pertinent. Okay. All right. Anyway. Westbury, England? <laughs> Holy shit. Is that Giles on a horse? In a beautiful meadowy pasture that can only be described as idyllic? Wearing a cool trench coat? I think cool might be going a step too far. It's cool. Wow. He was really being held back in Sunnydale. And Willow's here. She's sad, but seems fine. She's not evil or dead, so that's good. She makes a flower using magic, and that's okay because it's all Gaia and root systems, and the magic is in her and isn't drugs. After all, everything's going to be okay. Relapse is a part of recovery. We Xander, the businessman, walks into the Summer's house and shows off the SHS blueprints, assuring Buffy that there's no way there's any spooky evil afoot in these new unhallowed halls. However, he does highlight that instead of the library sitting on top of the Hellmouth, the principal's office is now the demon cake topper. But that probably doesn't mean that in the, that the new principal is a bad guy, right? Also, Buffy gives Dawn a secret weapon. Sunnydale High Mark II is bigger and brighter than ever. Buffy walks Dawn into the entrance slash quad area, I think, where they run into the new, probably not evil principal, Robin Wood. He asks Buffy if she's Dawn's mother, which makes Buffy momentarily spiral out, but he's so dang charming that we can't really be offended. He tells Buffy that he knows about her storied past and suspiciously walks away before Buffy can ask what he thinks about the first three seasons of the show. Dawn goes to class because this is a high school and she is a student here. Buffy prowls the halls because she is concerned about Dawn's safety, we presume, and no one gives a shit if a random adult is lurking around a high school, famously. Her creeping slash investigating takes her to the bathroom where she finds a little totem thing and gets accosted by an intense zombie ghost person that disappears after yelling, get out, in Buffy's face. Huh. Guess someone does care about adults loitering in this school after all. <laughs> My Nailed God, it. this plot is so long. That's Cisha's new shtick line. Oh my God, the plot is so long. I just read a whole page. There's another whole page to go, you guys. Buckle in. <laughs> Hold on to your beanie babies. Uh, Buffy bursts into Dawn's classroom, says it's not safe here, then runs away. Right in the middle of Dawn's tight five set, she loses her comedic momentum in the crowd, dashing her stand-up dreams for good. At the espresso pump, Anya and Hallie are being tortured by two saccharine singer-songwriters sing-songing possibly the worst song I've ever heard in my life. Wow. <laughs> Halfrick dunks on Anya, saying that since Anya's been back in the Vengeance Demon game, no one's taking her seriously. She's a wimp, a phony, a wet blanket, and no one respects her anymore. I think you put those words in Hallie's mouth. <laughs> Maybe. Artistic license. <laughs> 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 she tells Anya there's something vague and scary rising that has the demons all a Twitter, so it's bad time. So it's a bad time to be a good guy. Xander is still on site at Sunnydale High because I guess the construction is incomplete, which is convenient because Buffy needs to tell him there's zombie ghosts roaming around, so be on the lookout. Back in the classroom, Dawn has a paranormal encounter of her own when a seemingly normal student asks her for a pencil, and then a split second later he turns into one of those zombie ghosts and jams the pencil in Dawn's eye. But not for realsies, it was a ghost pencil. Although, ironically, she handed him a real pencil. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Where did that pencil go? Where did it go? That's a great question. She goes to the bathroom to deal with her feelings and hears crying from one of the stalls. Cut to Buffy still roaming around the school when she literally runs into Principal Wood, who tells her to leave the premises immediately because you can't just loiter in a high school. Just kidding. They talk about Dawn, and Robin confesses that he knows more about Buffy than he let on previously because the school board told him to research her. Definitely not because he has his own motivations, but even if he did, they're definitely not insidious. 
Dawn finds the source of the crying in the bathroom. It's a person, a girl named Kit, and she's super freaked out because she saw one of the zombie ghosts, too. Dawn tries to tell her it's okay and they'll figure it out, but all three of the ghoulies show up. Corpsey hands punch through a bathroom floor, grabbing at Dawn and Kit. The ground collapses beneath our friends, and they fall into blackness. Well, our friend and a stranger. Our friend and a stranger is more <laughs> accurately correct. Will is having a seizure or panic attack on some beautiful English grass. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. <laughs> oh, it's supposed it's to be funny. Like, like weirdly racist to <laughs> specifically say it was English grass. I mean, it is. It is. It's English grass. What do you want from me? <laughs> I didn't put it there. England don't, put it there. Oh, no. Jell squeezes. It's Saxon grass. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, Giles squeezes the fit out of her. Ew, never make me say that again. Whoa. And she calms down enough to tell him that she felt what the, the earth. And it's going to swallow them all. It's oh, probably no. nothing. That was unfortunate all around. In the basement of the school. She's mad with the power. <laughs> Just, I, I can't make you say anything. <laughs> uh, in the basement of the school, Dawn and... Kit try to find a way out, but instead they find another teenager, a boy in a jean jacket named Carlos, who is just looking for a place to smoke. The zombie ghosts appear and block the new Scooby gang's escape. Dawn pulls out the secret weapon Buffy gave her in Act 1. A cell phone! It was a cell phone. Get it? Not like a real weapon, but like a figurative one. The show is deep. And then she calls Buffy for help. Buffy, who is still talking to Principal Wood, says she has a dog walker emergency and runs off to find a dog. Well, actually, she says her dog is calling her. <laughs> and then she says dog walker. And, and then she says the dogs are dead. And then she says the dogs are dead. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> she gets to the bathroom and to borrow a line from David Solomon, you know, there's Buffy right there. You see a hole, you jump in it. <laughs> Accurate. Don and Co. seem to have vanished, but Buffy finds all three of the zombie ghosts. We learn that they were all victims of supernatural attacks or beasties that Buffy didn't save them from. It's not like she tried and failed to save them. She didn't know they were in danger to begin with. But the resentful dead guys don't exactly thrive on logic and take it really personally. We do some punching and kicking until Buffy notices that the zombie ghosts seem to be protecting a door. She fights through them and opens the door to reveal a crazed spike. We know he's unhinged because his hair is all messy and his roots are showing. Also, he has like a bajillion slashes on his chest from when he, quote, tried to cut it out. Whatever that means. Don calls Buffy and they try to piece together what's going on. Spike helpfully offers up that they aren't zombies or ghosts. They're apparitions controlled by a talisman. Obviously. And the only way to stop them is to break the talisman. Buffy is careful not to let slip that Spike is in the room with her. Buffy calls Xander. Goddamn, we are getting a lot of mileage out of these cell phones. Tells them to destroy the talisman in the bathroom. The baby Scooby show back up and stay out of harm's way while Buffy does some more apparition fighting. This time she uses a bag full of bricks instead of her fists and feet, which is fun. Xander breaks the talisman and everyone goes back upstairs to resume their day as if nothing happened. The kids head to their classes and Principal Wood finally tells Buffy to get the hell off his campus. Just kidding. <laughs> He offers Buffy a job as a guidance counselor. I mean, not as a guidance counselor, because they already have one of those, and Buffy has no experience training or schooling to qualify for that position, but also not not a guidance counselor. The job, whatever it actually is, doesn't seem to have a title or pay very well, but Buffy jumps at the offer and accepts. 
We end our episode with Spike, crouched and crazy in the basement where we left him. He's speaking to someone off screen. We pull back to reveal Warren, who says some sexist stuff, classic Warren, and then some braggadocious stuff before morphing into Glory, who says some more boastful stuff, classic Glory, and then morphs into Adam. Then the mayor, then Drusilla, and then the master. He tells Spike slash the audience what we can expect from the season. We're going back to the beginning, baby, so strap in. The big bad, whatever it is, Morph Monster changes one last time into the chosen one herself. What does it mean? (laughs) Buffy, quote unquote Buffy, tells us the theme for our final season, echoing her opening line to Dawn. It's about power. Yay! Beautifully done. Thank you. Beautifully done. What an episode. Makes me want to watch it when you you say it like that. Again, for the seventh (laughs) time this week. Yeah, that's... Yeah, was it seven times? Yeah, it probably was (laughs) by the end of it. Dear God, between the commentary and everything. Well, thank you so much for doing that. Um, Thank you for writing that. You know, you could still drop out. Oh, in order to finish high school. Okay, so. My brain just stopped for a second. Yeah, sorry. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Fun Uh, facts. (laughs) Seventh season, my friends. (laughs) I know it's been three months, but... <laughs> I know, you lose it, really, when you go that far between episodes. She's, like, literally looking at her notes that says facts next, and she's like, what yeah. happened? I know, I was like, but that doesn't sound right. Don't I ask? Like, you say the plot, and then I ask you how the episode... No. No, that's not right. It's never been right. I don't know what happened. It's been so long since I've forgotten how it goes. And it's even written out, and it's in bold and mm-hmm. red and everything. Okay! Fun facts! There's actually a bunch of firsts in this episode, not to mention the actual first, but we don't know it yet. And the first is not the first, ironically. Not the first appearance of the first. Because what was the first appearance of the first? Sinea. No, that's the first Slayer. Um, Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, it it uh, assumed oh, the body of Jenny Callender. When? In the episode. Uh, what, the judge or something? Or? Amends. I can smell the sunrise a lot before. The first is the thing that is tormenting Angel to kill himself. Anyway, other firsts. Uh, first episode with the potential Slayer, though, again, we don't know what that is yet. We just see a lady running at the beginning. Uh, hmm. Dawn's first day at the new Sunnydale High. First appearance of Robin Wood. Uh, Buffy and Dawn get their first cell phones, which is the first time any Scooby has had a phone, unless you count a singular appearance via Cordelia in Welcome to the Hellmouth. So we have not oh, wow. seen a cell phone until, since the very first episode of the show. Miss Hartness... Willow's apparent mentor is named after the Marvel Comics character Agatha Harkness, who is also a witch. She's the antagonist in WandaVision, though she wasn't a bad guy in the comics. Also, she's getting a spinoff show in 2023. Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Really? That sounds terrible. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it, too. Kali Rocha was performing in the play Noises Off when season seven was shooting. So she was flown in for one day and filmed all of her scenes for the season, including Selfless. Uh, There's one other episode, I think, and this episode, obviously. Uh, She filmed Halfrek's Deaths on a green screen. Um, And it kind of looks like part of this episode was green screen, too. I felt like the espresso pump background was, like, not... They weren't actually at the espresso pump, but maybe that was just me. I don't know. It was weird. I didn't notice. So there's, like, a weird halo around their shoulders. Just me. That's fine. Uh, Halfrek is... Oh, when Halfrek is singing the praises of past Anya, she says, do I have to mention Mrs. Kazalgaz? Kulgosh. Cholgosh. But it's spelled C-Z-O-L-G-O-S-Z. Cholgosh. Cholgosh. 
She even wrote the pronunciation. I still got it wrong. <laughs> uh, which is an inside joke slash callback to a line Jane Espenson wrote in Superstar about Anyanka making a man fall in love with President McKinley. Hallie references Mrs. Cholgosh as a feminizing slash gay honorific because the man who assassinated President McKinley was Leon Cholgosh. This was such a deep cut that, according to Josh, Jane didn't even understand the joke. Sarah Michelle Geller, Nicholas Brendan, and Allison Hannigan. Nope. Sarah Michelle Geller, Nicholas Brendan, Allison Hannigan, and Anthony Stewart Head. Oh my God. And Mark Metcalf. <laughs> There's so many. It's like the way this is worded is so great because it says they're the only actors to appear in the first and last season premieres. Only. There's like 20 of them. Sarah Michelle Geller, Nicholas Brendan, Allison Hannigan, <laughs> Anthony Stewart Head, and Mark Metcalf. <laughs> so the people that are in the show are still in the show. <laughs> yeah. Not a fun fact. So far, I'm not having fun with this one. I'm exactly really tough. These oh have been God. tough. Um, about the final big bad morph scene. Did you notice that they managed to not put the actors' names at the top of the episode? Mark Metcalf, The Master, George Hertzberg, Adam, and Claire Kramer, Glory, were originally intended to return again by the end of the season, but they were unable to make their schedules work with the show. Harry Groner, the mayor, filmed his segment three weeks after the other actors in that scene. Another riveting fun fact. Amazing. So they were not in the beginning. I kind of, I kind of forgot to even. Look. Yeah, no, their their names did not pop that's up, good. which is awesome. Well, I think that's the rule. You're allowed if, if it's like twenty right, seconds right or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The potential Slayer seen at the beginning of this episode was actually a member of the stunt team. Many fans thought that this character was possibly a new Slayer that activated when Buffy died in season five. And those fans were stupid because we already established that that would not happen again, a la Faith, right? Right. Yes. Like that would not. Yeah. Faith is Her the line. Slayer line Kendra is, is dead. the line. Yeah. yeah. But Come are on. they really stupid? Because we're about to have five thousand slayers. So Great like, point. Great. They point. were right in a way, but that's not. <laughs> but Buffy's she, death can't activate another one. Right. 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 But they, yeah, they, they definitely couldn't. But I think so it's is a, that back in the past. Is that now? When is that? I think oh, it's supposed to be concurrent with the, with the events right uh, now. Uh, but we definitely don't know. We don't know for a while. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it's like a long time ago. But there were cars in there, so mm. that was a weird scene. That's yeah. just not what Turkey looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to spoil They're it. Just a it wasn't actually Turkey. People. I know. <laughs> I believe like, they went to Turkey. They're just Don't like take this from me. Dressed up like Aladdin and killing people. Come on, what are we doing? Excuse me, Aladdin's from a very important country called Agrabah. Ever heard of it? <laughs> and it's real and it matters. Okay, dear God. Okay. Um, that was fun. At the end of the. That's fun. <laughs> At the end of the opening credits for each season, there is a long close-up of Buffy. But the close-ups from the season six and seven credits aren't actually Buffy at all. Season six is the Buffy bot from The Gift, and season seven is the first evil in Buffy's form from this episode. Isn't that fun? Cool. See? We're bringing that the fun back. kind of fun. <laughs> but I skip over them. I've fun. skipped over them since season one. So I haven't uh, actually seen the credits since season you're one. You're missing out, so. man. The evolution Whoa. of the series. Come on. No, Come on. I don't care. Every season premiere since when she was bad opens in a graveyard. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Your turn. How was that a first? Okay. It's not a first. They're, they're fun facts. Oh, not fun. Yeah, okay. We already not got past fun. the first part. Okay. Uh, supposedly, the crew made so much noise blowing up the original Sunny High School. Sunnydale High School. Sunnydale High School and Graduation Day that the city of Torrance, where the Sunnydale High School scenes were filmed, told them they were not allowed to come back. <laughs> the new Sunnydale High School is a school in Northridge, California. However, the classroom set used in this episode was the same one from the first three seasons. So, Which makes sense. So, like, you got to keep the sets and reuse the sets. But, yeah. Uh, yeah different outside. The city of Torrance was like, please do not come back here ever again. <laughs> 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 which is pretty great. Uh, the final season. 
That's this one. Joss Whedon claims that he wrote the last scene of Chosen at the same time, at the same time as this episode. Lessons. He knew all along how the season would would end. "Quote: We knew from the beginning of the season that it was going to be the last season of Buffy, and we've been gearing toward this one episode for the whole year. It caps off the whole show, and it says a lot of things that I wanted to deal with." Oh my God! Did this happen before or after Harry Potter? Because remember, J.K. Rowling made that big announcement that she knew the last word of the last book when she wrote the first book or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so. And then I think in the end, when it was finally published, it wasn't what she said it was going to be. <laughs> Instead, you go all Dumbledore on me. Uh, the scenes in quote-unquote Westbury, England, were shot at Anthony Stewart Head's Tilly Farm, a property in Farnborough Village. Do you think it's Farnborough? I'm trying to get the British pronunciations oh, correct. Oh, yeah, you should. That's respectful. It's important. Yeah. Westbury, I mm-hmm. feel like is how they'd say it. Westbury. It's southeast of Bath and Westbury is southwest of Bat, <laughs> but it's still really close because England is tiny. Westbury is quote famous for having a massive horse drawn into a hill with chalk. <laughs> yep, that is a famous chalk horse. Sure is. Oh, <laughs> so that's how we know it wasn't filmed there, right? We didn't see any chalk horses. That's right. No, it was absolutely filmed at uh, Anthony Stewart Head's house, but yeah, not Westbury because we didn't see the horse, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. No horse, no <laughs> no proof. <sighs> Anthony, okay, so they went to England, but they couldn't go to Istanbul. Like, I'm not even going to get into this <laughs> with you. Uh, Anthony Stewart Head told the BBC about filming in England, quote, basically, Josh should always... Whatever. It's hard not Josh, to say Josh. Josh has always wanted to shoot in Britain. He announced that he wanted to shoot some scenes with Willow in England, and I was very excited because it's my neck of the woods, and it meant I could stay longer with my family before I went to the back to the States. Then he said he wanted to shoot in and around Bath because that's where we said we'd set it if we ever do the Ripper series. I'd pitched Bath as an interesting environment, a good backdrop because it's a cool place. Somerset is just riddled with myths and legends and folklore, ley lines and all sorts of things. It's very spiritual. Joss said, yes. So that's when we came to shoot Giles at home. And he said, can we do it at your house? And I thought I'd better ask my partner, Sarah. And she said, go on. And I said, yeah, but a film crew? And she said, get it over. It'll be fine. Actually, the house loved it. Yes, the house itself loved it. It was very smiley. (laughs) Loved having all the attention. It's a lovely house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everything you do (laughs) seems... Not everything, but most things seem like a good idea at the time. <laughs> and then you're like, 20 cents is some bullshit about bath. <laughs> you're just like, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh. Now, <laughs> I, 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 I think for most people like who don't like know the actors, what you just told that story right there, I, because of that one podcast about the cooking show or whatever, he was on that off-menu podcast. And I'd listen, I've listened to him like talk. And just, like, the way that he thinks. So when he's talking about his house being smiley and all this weird shit, he's a weird guy. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah. That, all, that all, like, really you sold Tracks. it for me, Seisha. Well done. But but I think for most people, they don't. They probably never heard him in an interview or anything. It's hard to really get the feel, but you did a great job because he's a weirdo. And yeah. that is great. Oh, and I'm not done. The bath facts. The, the, oh, my God. Yes. This is not fun facts. This is bath facts. This is endurance facts. Oh, <laughs> it is endurance facts. <laughs> They'd planned to cool. film more scenes in England, but bad weather interrupted the filming per one of the reviews for Tilly Farm, because Tilly Farm is a place that you and I and everyone on the planet could go visit. Uh, it seems like it, they must still own the place. Sarah and Anthony Stewart must still own the place. Uh, a review from 
Google states, Tilly Farm is a wonderful and beautiful place. What Sarah has here is a magic is magical, and she is an inspiration for her dedication toward every dog that comes to the farm, as well as their guardians. Every dog guardian should learn about ACE, which apparently stands for Animal Centered Education. What is up with Britain? Also, Anthony Stewart had had a problem riding his horse without a crash helmet. Quote, we had a big struggle because he, being Joss Whedon, wanted me to ride without a crash hat. And the reason we have the farm is because our dear friend of ours came off her horse not wearing a crash hat, cracked her head open, and she died. She left Sarah some money, and that's how we were able to invest in the farm. So we felt quite strongly about not showing riding without wearing a crash hat. I showed Joss me in a crash hat and he said it's not quite the image i was looking for so we conceded and said all right but only at a walk but ultimately it's only a concession and it isn't right holy shit all that matters is the horse that he rides i know the horse that giles rides in this episode actually belonged to anthony stewart has and his name is Otto. that's all that matters there was a lot to go through to that very important fact it's a pretty horse cut it out we're going to just get Otto. The horse's <laughs> name is Otto. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all mm. that matters. Buffy has super strength. Why don't we just load her up like one of those little horses? That was a tough one. Stacia, can you please pull me out of this by telling me what you thought about the episode? Oh, God. At this point, I don't even know. Um, Do you remember? Do you remember watching it even? Um, yeah, it's hard to look back on. 30 minutes ago but (laughs) it was an okay episode I don't know if it's I don't think it's the strongest opening uh, season episode like first season premiere Mm -hmm. Um, but it's fun to see all our friends again yeah nice to be back at Sunnydale High oh really you like that yeah okay I mean no one's fallen through a floor in a while you know what I'm saying it's true not a Sunnydale High floor that's at least fallen through the floor of a sex house mm. yeah that was like two years ago though <laughs> fair enough no sex houses in season seven baby new season oh you don't know the summer's house new becomes floors. the sex house wow i, I, I hope know. not it does i mean unless it's willow and kennedy it is and also Great. xander and anya and also faith and robin wood anyway Great. daniel what do you think Can about we this episode? stop <laughs> <laughs> oh episode was fine yeah it was it's a good joss episode those spinning camera good stuff liked it when he started doing it i was like can't wait for the end of this episode uh the end of the episode gets it 20 25 points added to it Mm. um fucking fantastic one of the best moments of the show Uh, a lot of callbacks which i appreciate i mean i think that you got to do that on your final season of your final everything and if he's like writing chosen along with this i feel like you know as a show writer show runner and creator it's like you want to put the capstone on it Mm. good job Good shit. This is like what good TV writing is. You're going to create a great premise. Power is a great uh, thing that we've been talking about in a way for seven seasons. Let's go. Let's talk mm-hmm. about it. So, and I think the mysteriousness of like, uh, who is Robin Wood? What's going on with the school? It's already fucking weird. Like, are we going to kind of play with that? You don't really know, obviously from episode one, but like, who knows? You know, you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, it was all right. I, it definitely isn't the best, but it's, um, but it's better than some of the shit that's been out before, like Anne and fucking, when you were bad or whatever. Look, I don't mean to poop the party here. It's just, you get your hopes all up, and then it's just a big, fat raspberry, and I feel bad. Uh, Yeah, power. Power's the theme of the season, Daniel. How did you know that? I I watched the episode. <laughs> yeah, it kind of says it And right I've watched there. the show. I've watched yeah, the show. Wow. It's pretty good. Pretty good show. Yeah, just uh, during the commentary and just, like, talking about this episode or this season, uh, we mentioned last year in the finale that Joss said once... 
you watch season seven, that season six will make a lot more sense. Um, and I started thinking about the power stuff and how many times we've brought it up, even just recently, right? We really hammered it at home in the last couple episodes of season six. But um, Josh said this season is about taking your power back and that the real beginning, because we're going back to the beginning, right? The master tells us that as well. well. The real beginning was girl power. The real beginning is what does it mean to be a slayer? So those are definitely the biggest themes that we're going to have this season. We deal with the slayer part explicitly in one of the episodes where we find out about the origin of the slayer. Uh, and then powers all throughout everything, right? Like we we use that word so much and now like doing researching this, that word just the kinds becomes mush, right? It doesn't mean anything anymore. You just hear the word power forever. But we talk about it, the things that stick in my mind the most are like checkpoint um, when we're talking about Giles is saying that it's a power play that the, the the council is doing, trying to hold Giles' green card over his head, right? Like that's kind of like a governmental power. Uh, Xander is constantly the guy who like doesn't have any powers, like he's not a superhero, but his his power is having the, all the courage and being a, a big person in, in the face of not ha being supernatural. Um, and Buffy says that all along, all day, everybody's been telling me what an insignificant worm I am and how I don't mean anything. But yeah, I mean, she says, see, I've had a lot of people yelling at me all these last few days. Everyone's just lining up to tell me how unimportant I am. And I finally figured out why power. I have it. They don't. This bothers them. Um, and that's like such a different thing than we have with Willow in like the last couple of episodes, right? In two to go, Willow has her, you know, nice smug bad guy line where she's like, this is a huge deal for me. Six years as a side man and now I get to be the slayer. Buffy says a killer isn't a slayer. Being a slayer means something you can't conceive of. There's that note about what does it mean to be a slayer and bringing that into this season. Uh, and Willow also says in that episode, I get it now. The slayer thing isn't really about violence. It's about power. And there's no one in the world with the power to stop me now. And in Grave... Our season finale. Willow says, you were jealous. You still are. You couldn't bear the, that I was the one with the power. That's why you ran away to Giles. She also says, no mortal person, which is, she echoes in this episode too. No mortal person has ever had this much power ever. It's like I'm connected to everything, right? And then she says that gross line about, I'm so juiced and all that kind of stuff. But oh, yeah, right. um, Xander, again, being the, the ordinary people power. Uh, you're not the only one with powers, you know. You may be a hopped up uber witch, but this carpenter can drywall you into the next century. And Buffy making good on the, I want to I wanna see you grow up, the woman you're going to become, because she's going to be beautiful and she's going to be powerful. So I really want to take those themes to heart, like going through this season and seeing if they kind of make good on the idea of the way we are talking about power in this season, what it means, the different times, like how it's, it manifests itself. Josh specifically pointed out that people are taking their power back in this season. And we went to some really dark places last year, like Willow <laughs> tried to end the world and all those things and, and what it means to to still be superhero powered but doing it in a way that's different not drug addict powered and all that kind of stuff right so anyway i thought this episode was actually really good the first time i watched it it's so stupid i'm so such a silly person because i was like the first time i watched this i was still like she didn't say tara's name once i'm still like hung up on that train and then i was just like man time heals all wounds i'm just like all right i get it it's a tv show it's over we're that that is the past willow needs to move on she's not fucking coming back you know she doesn't come back, so just get over it and watch the show and try to enjoy it. And I thought this season the opener was good. I, I liked it. I think that it felt like an older season Buffy episode because, like, not only are we doing the obvious echoes with the high school, but we have, like, a, a classic monster of the week again, which we haven't had in a while because we've been doing mostly, like, the trio and then obviously with the Willow arc. It, we haven't had just like a beat em up guy in at least six episodes, right? Probably the um, Glargogol Gashmik was like the, oh, the last yeah. beat em up guy. Um, yeah, it was good. It was fun. We introduced cell phones. 
And uh, I'm sure we'll see them in every episode from here on out. So <laughs> keep an eye out for that. Anyway. Someone will. You don't know what you're talking about. Xander, he was obviously in charge. He was a puppet. She was using him. He didn't seem like the type of guy who would let himself be used. Well, that was her genius. He didn't even know he was playing second fiddle. Buffy. Who was the real power, the captain or Tennille? I have some questions for the both of you. Speaking of Willow and her journey to England. It's magic, it's drugs, it's power, it's euphoria. What is with magic? So, I don't know if I've ever talked about something for so long and still been so fucking confused. All of last year we are talking about what magic is and drugs and how it works and all that kind of stuff. And then here comes Joss Whedon who hasn't been paying attention for a year, no. and he says, "No, this isn't a hobby or an addiction. It's inside you now, this magic. You're responsible for it. So to me, when I hear Giles say this, Joss Whedon through Giles saying this, he's saying that all that addiction stuff was stupid. It was never about that. I never envisioned magic to be this way. And this is probably uncharitable, but this is why we're having this discussion. Um, this was never how <laughs> I imagine magic to be. I imagine magic to be something that is part of it. You can tap into it when you want to. It's not necessarily something that takes you over and is all consuming. How did you read that line? Did it make you feel like that? Did it just kind of like, eh, did you just take it as is and didn't think about the dark places we've been? I took it as she stole magic when she was Dark Willow. And so now she has more magic than she did and she can't give it back. Mm. So she's like the caretaker of it. I see. Okay, so like in a more literal way that that magic that she took from Rack mm -hmm. and from, from Giles in the coven mm -hmm. is, is literally inside of her now and she can't get it out. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Daniel, what did you think about that line? And did it make you reconsider all, any of the stuff we talked about previously? No, I mean, I think we, we spent so much time on magic as drugs and I could see why Joss would want to walk it back or create the seed of magic in his head, which I'm sure he's already done at this point. So this is more akin to that where mm. you're feeling the world and what is pulsing in the world is the seed itself, which is in the Hellmouth, and we, you find that out later. So I think that they just thought of it, and they're like, hey, that's probably better. Uh, did it, like, take me out or anything? I still think you can, uh, the stolen magic, you can still abuse it. Like like we've said before, You can anybody can use magic, so people can theoretically abuse magic, but some people are in tune with it. And I, the way I read it was, like, the way that she's learning she's more in tune than she's ever been because she's got a teacher to help her be in tune with the world. Like she has a gift for, for feeling the seed of magic, if you will. And now she can actually do it. And then she'll be able to take that to wherever she's got to go. But no, I never, I don't know. I don't want to say that he just like said it was stupid and didn't like it. I think that both of them can coexist in the world. It feels kind of like, Giles is saying, like, look, you've had magic as a hobby when you first started doing it. You've had it as an addiction. Um, now you're moving into, like, this new era where you can approach magic where it isn't just, like, a fun toy or it isn't something that you need to destroy your life over, but it's, like, this powerful thing that you're, like, a steward of instead of letting it consume you. That's so. a good read. So instead of, like retconning and pretending that didn't happen that yeah. was all a part of it but that's in the past and we need to move forward and, and there's a way that you can still it can be true that that happened to you but mm -hmm. you can use that as a lesson hey instead of holding you back oh my god and staying in that the, like dark place yeah. that's good that's good yeah i mean i didn't really take it as a big middle finger but i just was like i can't believe we're he just said addiction he just said it we just, you know and i'm just like oh my god i hear q xander you know 
relapse is a part of recovery. And she's like, oh, I got I'll, I'll do it. I'll trauma. Do it I mean, <laughs> she did get addicted like addicts do. She did. She will tell you herself. It's true. I think yeah. I'm so tired of it, though. Like, it yeah. honestly didn't think yeah. about it. So, like, I think the show is, too. I think Joss is. I think everyone is over it. Yeah. Coven is they're the most amazing women I've ever met. But there's this, this look that they get. Like, I'm going to turn them all into bangers and mash or something. I'm not even really sure what that is. The way that I view this, and maybe this is just like leaps on my part because I, I love Tara, is like this is trying to get back to what she was trying to say magic is for, right? Like it's for this connectivity piece. Mm -hmm. It's for more of this like holistic. Is it gross? Is it not just water? It's just water in a can. It's fucking oh. weird. <laughs> not sparkling oh. water? No, just water. Just really? Water. Just water. straight up, just straight up water. All uh, fallout. Nice. Ew. I mean, it's like good water. It's fine. But I just like after drinking carbonated stuff. Oh, it's weird. It's water. <laughs> I can. Anyway, sorry. honestly, it's messed up. I think that's kind of what Tara never said explicitly, but kind of implied with like, this is not what magic is for when, when, you know, Willow was doing self-service, mm -hmm. self-service, selfish things. Tara, Tara was always going to be somebody that cared about if there is a seed or whatever it is, she would be the one that would care about shit like that. Like yeah, Willow yeah. was always would... a showboat. She just didn't give a shit. She wanted the dark stuff. She wanted the addictive stuff. She just wanted to jump through the line. Like that's literally what we saw her do for two years. So, I mean, in this right here, relapse is a part of recovery. She is in recovery. She mm -hmm does need to not go out and fucking binge on magic she needs to have it be part of her life and, and learn it, that that's good if you cast your mind back all the way to hush uh when she goes through that the wicked meeting you know the one of blessed bees she makes fun of them we come together daughters of gaia sisters to the moon we walk with the darkness the wolf at our side through the waterfall of power to the blackest heart of eternity. I think we should have a bake sale. You know, Gaia, she's like, all the Gaia stuff, whatever, it was all woman-powered, whatever, it's all bullshit, it's not important. This is now, suddenly, she's like, oh yeah, I guess this stuff does matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe this is part of something bigger, and yeah. Well, so, the rank nice. arrogant amateur was always a part of her personality. And, you know, you wanna believe that Giles did his best to like shepherd everybody along, but I'm sure, you know, he saw that in her. She's a know-it-all. She's a, you know, yada, yada. I'm sure that this never came out of the, you know, out of the blue for him. So it's like, that was always there. And Taylor yeah, I mean, saw it and, you know. Stacia brought up while we were watching the episode that, and I think we mentioned it during the end of the last season too, that Giles really dropped the ball with Willow. He should have been doing this a lot sooner, but you know, that was a real world problem for the show was that Anthony Stewart had wasn't around. So maybe things could have been different, but I don't know. I, I think they kind of wanted to do what they did with, well, they absolutely did want to do what they did with Willow to make her like dark or whatever. So I don't think Giles would have saved her, but the council, someone, as we've discussed, someone out in the world should have been keeping an eye on Willow. She's getting too powerful. Eh? Anyway. Not anymore. Do you want to be punished? I want to be Willow. I had a, a different little lead-in for this, but then you yelled out while we were watching the episode, who the fuck are you? And I was like, oh, that's a way better lead-in for this. <laughs> oh, don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. So these people, these oh, zombie ghosts, keep popping right. up on the, the screen and Stacia's oh. like, who the, what, who are you even? Do you even go here? And I was just like, I had that thought myself. These are supposed to be apparitions that are like malevolent little spirits that are pissed that Buffy didn't save their lives. Right? right, that they went to high school with Buffy or around the high school with Buffy. Clearly, the janitor 
must have been the janitor of the school. And immediately I was like, why didn't we use real victims? I mean, not like show reshow the actors, but I mean, talk about the t- the events. We're doing so many callbacks already. Maybe that's why they didn't. But Sisha, do you think it would have been stronger if they were really like, you know, uh, this? oh yeah, I, I was on the swim team when blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Or would you think that would be too like schlocky to like referencey? I mean, as a lover of the early seasons, I would have liked that because this left me feeling like, who even are you? Like I like I missed an episode or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah. yeah, like I should know who they are and I don't. And then it's also kind of like, okay, well, Buffy didn't save you, but also like, clearly she didn't know about it. So, mm-hmm. Daniel, did you have any feel any kind of way about our? No, people? I mean the two people, like the girl and the older guy. I didn't, I knew like we're brand new, but I kind of like this guy, I've seen this motherfucker before, the long neck <laughs> pencil stabber. And yeah. I was like, I just convinced it myself in my head. I'm like, that guy was in the show. <laughs> like, just, but he's not. I'm, <laughs> I'm almost positive he's not. He's in stuff. You know, I've definitely seen his, his He plays before, a stretchy necked demon in some, or um, X-Man or something, like a mutant in something, yeah, for sure. Who knows? Uh, no, I mean, obviously like models. TV today would go out of their way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame him for not because I think you, you know, I think the implication here is that there's so many people that have been lost that, you know, look at all the stories that we didn't get to tell. So, I mean, it kind of works on that level too, but obviously, yeah. Give me a swim team person. Give me the kid who went down to get his first smoke break or whatever. And whoever Mm -hmm. that demon was that was killing them all. Like, yeah, let's go. Lucky 19. Yeah. The lucky 19 demon. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even if I didn't Matt. I didn't mind the woman because she said I was killed by a werewolf, and you know that's like a plot mm. line in the mm. earlier seasons. But if we had had like the long necked pencil guy be like, I was part of the swim team, and like even though you wouldn't actually recognize them, you'd be like, ah, I remember that episode. Yeah. That would have been helpful, I think. Or even like the janitor just being like, that fucking mayor snake killed me. <laughs> 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 or I was thinking, I immediately thought of the the janitor in I Only Have Eyes for You. Uh, oh, but yeah. I think yeah. she. I can't remember if they were the first couple that does actually die or if she's the one that they save. Like, she does save one of them, and that's why, like, it possesses Angel in her instead. But, uh, but that would have been a great little nod, too. Definitely don't use the actors. I know that's they're all going to be older, and, like, who can even reach out to these people that were in this one mm-hmm. random episode? Would we even recognize them? I mean, I wouldn't. I'd be like, holy shit, that's kudos to you guys. But... Uh, I don't know. I just I could also see a world where it's like this is too self referential. We don't need to do it. And I agree that like the the stories thing, right? Like that's why the run Juliet run is so mm-hmm. good because it's like here's a thing that did not involve our mm-hmm. friends at all, but it happened. Um, so you can totally get away with it. But I just thought it would have been an extra nice little. This is sure. for you guys. Well, I think it because you don't really actually hear their stories. Maybe if you'd had. Um them explain. I came to you and you brushed me off because you were busy. Going out with yeah. uh, that guy who liked Emily Dickinson or whatever, <laughs> you know, oh, like just oh, like God. something Never to forget. like give you the feeling Buster that like Peyton. this was Buster someone um, that you know existed in the same time frame as opposed to just like these weird unmoored victims yeah. that Buffy's like, I don't recognize you, I don't know what you're talking about, but somehow it's not my fault you died. Like maybe you shouldn't have gone hanging out with a werewolf. I don't know. Not to yeah. victim blame. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know it was a talisman? There is always a talisman. Uh, kind of like a, a follow-up to this. When they are accosting Buffy in the basement and she cuts them off while they're trying to tell their stories, right? And she says, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Didn't you think that was a little extreme? Like, I immediately thought about dead things. And I was like, how broken up? I know she thought she killed Katrina, so it's a different level. But still, her whole crying to Spike is like, 
He's like, who cares about one girl in the scheme of everything? And she says, I care. I'm going to cry for her. Like, Isn't this I supposed, oh, no, this is a future watch, but like, oh my God, another, uh, don't all human lives matter? You just lost yeah. three of them. Shouldn't yeah. we care about them? Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. So I'm glad Jess, that, this is old news. These deaths happened years ago at this point. So yeah, but she doesn't have to be super mean about callous. it. Yeah. Well, again, it wasn't her fault though. But you could it just kind of. I is. mean, she does say, "I'm sorry for your loss," but honestly, I don't care. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I'm on Buffy's <laughs> side. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Dawn's in danger. Hmm. I mean, I'm gonna. Get, I'll give her the pass for that. Yeah. I was like, "Woof, man, you don't okay, have good. to be a dick about this." It caught me off guard. It's not expecting. She that. was rude, but yeah, I was into sure. it. Yeah. I plan to get killed, come back as a vampire, and bite you. The new Scoobies. How do we feel about Carlos and Kat? So, first question. Did you think they were going to stick around, Stacia? What do you mean? Like, did you think they were legit going to be the new Scoobies, like we were going to follow them around? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know Dawn's not allowed to have friends. No. <laughs> Could you imagine how much of a weird betrayal Scrubs' final season that shit would be? Like, yes. fuck off if we're going to hang out with fucking Dawn at this dumb school. I love Dawn, but I, you know, Carlos and Kit are just not up to par. Do we <laughs> li- do we really never see them again? No. That is so fucking funny. I didn't take any photos of their dumb asses. And I was like, oh. Uh, and I kind of thought they'll they'll be back for at least one episode or something. No, they're not. Because TV is so different. I mean, you would expect them to be in at least like two or three episodes just to like solidify that we're friends and we're going to keep being friends. And then when the show's over, we'll still be friends like Carlos and Kit. That's like a motivation for Dawn, right? In some abstract way. But nope, they're just never going to be talked about again. I love it. I love it. I don't want to say that they don't get a mention, but I'm pretty sure they are never seen nor spoken of ever again. Um, I I just thought it was... Great. I, I really appreciate it because you're absolutely right. That would be some Scrubs final season bullshit. We're like, we're just teachers at the school and we're not in the show anymore. What? <laughs> I'm not here for Carlos again. I'm sorry. They're fine. And people thought that Joss didn't like the the kids, didn't like the actors. And that's why he didn't keep them around. He's like, no, they were they were lovely. They were fine. I just they were never going to be a part of the show. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you see? Did you watch this whole episode where we teed up this like gigantic bad guy? I turn into all of our bad guys. Do you think I'm going to waste your fucking time with Kit and Carlos? I mean, honestly, it would never work out. Dawn's only two anyways. What are they going to do? She has to go to daycare afterwards. Yeah. It's not like Carlos can, like, bum a smoke off of her or anything. Mm. Oh, God. Uh, Do you you feel like maybe they shouldn't have done it in the first place if they're going to drop it immediately? Introducing them? Yeah. No. It's fine. I mean, I like them. Yeah. Do you, do you think it would have been better to just not have him? Absolutely not. No, I mean, Good. not only did they introduce him, but we saw her when they were walking in the school, and then Buffy saw Carlos walking around the corner mm-hmm. with a little basketball. They were like, they were people that were we felt tense about because she's staring at them. Like, there was a reason, and then they got together. It was perfect. Yeah, that that was another little like a tiny rude Buffy moment where she sees Kit walking by and she's like, "We're dead." Like. What's wrong with yeah, that? Yeah, no, like she staring, has a slightly yeah. alternative hairstyle. I don't enjoy that. <laughs> My first thought was uh, Michael Wick and Amy Gothwatch done. Oh, done. yeah. Bam. That counts. Like, that totally like, counts. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Um, that's all I really have for you. I thought this episode was good. It's hard to have provocative questions because it was all laid out really well, other than like the first Except for the basement. Uh, aha. Ah. The, the basement was not laid out well because the basement. Are we going to talk collapsed. about Spike at all? Yeah. Why don't you ask me a question about what's your, what's your question about Spike? I don't. 
have a question about Spike. She okay, well, you brought him up. What do you want to say? Well, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, you're being so aggressive right now. Oh, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> you're basically like Buffy right now, screaming at us. Stop. <laughs> well, I mean, you I love just, Spike so much. Why don't you just fucking talk about Spike? <laughs> I fucking will talk about Spike. <laughs> what are you, Dawn? Are you real? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm going to take over as Cole host. Thank you, Cole. Yes. And um, I would like to ask you, what do okay. you think about you know, Spike being crazy. Yeah, I'm a little curious. I think it's probably both, but if he's mad from his soul, then like the, you know, we see through Angel that it's clearly like a tormenting thing. It really spirals you out and makes you feel terrible for a long time. Or if it's the first making him feel crazy because he's literally seeing Buffy and people that are dead and he doesn't know what's real and what isn't anymore. But I would lend that on that's probably both, right? The gravity mm-hmm. of having the soul, the grief, the guilt of that, and then seeing people that are there. That'll do are it Are you too. telling me that that we don't actually have a full answer as to what he's feeling? or? Uh, I mean, not really. Because it's probably so. a combination. I mean, as a yeah. viewer, though, I, I would be confused, A, because I don't think he has a soul, because... Or what you know, I know he has a soul, but like the chip thing, you know, I would have mm-hmm. been, con- you know, as we talked about last year, uh, three months ago on our last episode. <laughs> we don't. We also don't know what the first is yet, right? So like, if you're yeah, watching I mean. this yeah, yeah. and you you have no idea, you just suddenly like, what the shit? And the Buffy thing, it was so good. That scene is so good because the Buffy at the end throws it all. You're like, wait, what the shit? Because like, okay, bad guys, cool. This bad guy can turn into bad guys, and they're like, what? It's Buffy. What does that mean? So, I. Sure, Spike is having a hard time. And clearly, we, we will go on to see the first use Buffy specifically to torment Spike, mm, to confuse cool. him. Um, but it, it's not ever really said ex- explicitly if he's struggling with the soul or it's just that the first is so making him crazy. It's kind of like a, a bad situation for Spike where he gets his soul and at the same time, mm-hmm. the, the first, first is shows like, ooh. <laughs> and this guy just got fucking train wrecked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feel bad for him. I mean, because I think as a viewer, you're supposed to be like, wow, like things have taken a turn for this mm-hmm. boy down here. When did he move in? I mean, a lot of questions mm-hmm. on this. Like, did he sneak in right at the end? Has he been here for months? Like, what's going on here? How did Xander not see them? Again, we know. have to wonder what the fuck has been going on with Xander. Because how long have you been working on this? When was it completed? Why didn't you tell anyone? Like, has it been, was it mostly finished last year? And we just didn't talk about it? Because Spike could have been so in there since he got back from Africa. We don't know. You make the basement so first as part of the foundation. Maybe he could have just been living there the whole fucking time. We don't know. Anyway, what do you think? I about mean, they like? definitely would have made it first because you need the foundation first. But yeah, Stacia, what do you think? Um, I'm going to say something controversial about Xander. Let's oh, go. That you love him and he's your favorite character? I know. Yeah. Finally, seven years <laughs> in. Um, I don't think his company built the school. You don't think so? You think mm-hmm. he's just there like doing, oh, he might just be doing like the drywall or stuff. Like, yeah, I think they're doing like little last minute cleanup stuff because he was specifically like, I'm reinforcing the gym, whatever the fuck that means. And something else, I don't think I wrote it down. Yeah, I just wrote it down, reinforcing the gym. Um, but it didn't seem like he'd been doing the whole building or anything. And he was even like, I got the plans. Oh, right. As if like he didn't draft the plans yeah. to begin with. He just acquired them because he was doing the, Yeah, that, that could be a thing. Because also when he walked in with the hole, his first thing, sorry, his first, the first thing he says is uh, lucrative uh, money pit Contracty like, goodness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Contracty goodness. Shout mm-hmm. out to Cordelia. But like also not contracty goodness. You're going to lose your job, right? Because didn't you build this fucking floor that just caved in? 
Yeah, and well, you're right. Didn't, I think yeah. you're right. He didn't. So well, and he said something like, "Like I went over it, and there aren't any pentagrams or weird yeah, right. symbols, right?" Or anything. And if he was the one building it, he yeah. would have been in charge of the crew and overseeing to make sure yeah. there weren't any pentagrams to begin with. Yeah. So I don't think he built it. I think he's just he he was one of the contractors that came in for like the limited scope job or something. So I don't think we need to shit on Xander for that. I think there's a lot of other valid things to shit on him for. Mm, true, true. Um, and Spike, uh, you know, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Mr. Attempted Rape? Well, I mean, yeah, that's not great, but, <laughs> you know, he tried to redeem himself, and he really got the shit kicked out of him, and then literally is, like, being haunted by apparently the worst evil <laughs> that's ever existed. Although, I was kind of frustrated during, <laughs> during that episode, because, like, the whole shtick with the first is that it can only appear as people that are already dead, mm-hmm. and I was like, ooh, if you're so old, and you're so bad, and you're so evil, why do you follow this dumb rule? Appear as anyone you want. <laughs> That's a good point. It's <laughs> just like very point. frustrated because we need it to not be totally invisible, invincible, or whatever. Okay, but we have to have some limitations. Yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> it is the first evil. You would think that there would be none. It yeah. should be the most yeah. omnipotent of well, all. Does evils. Osiris fight this guy? Because I'm sure he'd be pissed. <laughs> Again, like you, we've opened too many weird boxes where it's like, where's Osiris in this? Because if he's like the god of death, when it's a ghost, right? You can't touch them. Yeah, it can't actually interact with physical. Like a hallucination. Anything. Oh, so sorry. That's, okay. that's right, why that's it uses it needs Caleb, um, who is what's his name, Nathan Fillion at the end, because it doesn't it doesn't have hands. It's incorporeal. It can't actually do anything. Yeah, at some point when they realize that the first is masquerading as some of them, they're like, "You have to touch me to prove that I'm real before you trust oh. me," or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, guys, I don't remember any of that. So, but cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. Can I touch it? No. no. Oh my God, you're awake? Local anesthetic. Uh, and I do think that they did the right amount of damage to Spike. Like, you, you did an irredeemable thing, man. We're going to punish the shit out of you. And I mean, maybe it wasn't that wasn't the exact thing they were going for. They weren't like a one-to-one. He tried to attack, assault Buffy. So we're going to make him lose his fucking mind and go through all this torment and torture. But it, it does make it feel a little better. Like, the man is, he's paying. He yeah. is I mean, paying. Look at his hair. He's I know. Paying. You can he's tell paying. he's struggling. Yeah, he's paying. Um, you know who I was sad we didn't get to see in the like uh, roundup of baddies that were tormenting Spike? Who? Joss Whedon. Mm, well, yes. Uh, <laughs> motherfucking Angel. I know. Yeah. So we have Drusilla for the proxy for Angel mm-hmm. when it absolutely 1000% should have been Angel. Um, I mean, it's nice that Drusilla was there. And it makes sense because so it is important Spike. To Spike. Yeah. Yeah. But I wish they had added Angel too. And it's like, I know Angel is filming right now hello <laughs> just bring david boreanis over for like a five minute clip yeah and send and it, it back it would have been 30 seconds right like you don't have to yeah. do more than that nobody really had a ton of lines or anything so but yeah i i think you can get away with it because it was spike but um yeah i immediately thought angel too because he was the real bad guy of season two mm-hmm. not i mean drusilla and spike were tangentially but it was Angel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, imagine, yeah. though, if, like, you had Angel give the power line or something, and then you think it's over, because, like, that's the hit, and then you just, like, pan down, and then, like, another, like, Buffy stoops down into his face or whatever, and there's another <laughs> line. That would have been fucking awesome. Uh, I didn't even think about Angel, cool. but, like, yeah, I, fuck, Angel should have been in it. Damn. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Yeah. We won't see him until the very last episode, right? Yeah. And only for no a very short way. time. Yeah. What is maybe this is an, this is probably answered later in the season, but I don't remember because I don't remember a ton of season seven. But what is the first even trying to get Spike to do? Yeah, great question. Uh, I think God, her, just turn him into a weapon to hurt Buffy. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I hopefully we'll get it 
answered, but I'm pretty stoked to watch the season. Is it not to end the world? Is it not to like do the Hellmouth? Is that not? Well, that's that the first like major goal. I think is to like bring the about the apocalypse, like open this mm. Hellmouth and yeah. let forth all like forever demons or yeah. something. But like specifically because he the first is clearly targeting Spike. Oh, what yeah, yeah, what see. piece of like what part of the puzzle is Spike for the first in this? Maybe he That's a great question. Maybe the first is trying to use Spike as a tool in the way that he uses Caleb later. Yeah. Um, but Spike is like too strong to mm. do it. Actually, know? that would make a lot of sense, right? You would almost go through. You would look around the entire world and you would say, "Damn, that guy with that soul, brand new soul, that weak as shit. He is. Mm -hmm. He theoretically would be. But the yet weakest a vampire. Person. So super and strong close to yes. Buffy." <laughs> Well, exactly. It's like, oh, man, yeah. yes. And But he's also very, he's not sure of his soul, right? So, like, yeah. let me get in here and let me whip this guy into shape. And, you know, <laughs> but Spike is stronger than we think. Mm -hmm. That's actually, that makes Spike pretty cool. I mean, in that way, to fight oh, yeah. off the, the first, if that's what happens. That's really cool. I like that read. I, I don't know if we ever specifically get an answer. So, um, yeah. but right now, that's a good a good story that Spike couldn't be overcome. And they, that was, like, and I even like the idea of maybe... You know, a vampire getting its soul doesn't happen every day, so maybe that was even something that, like, ping in the nether realms mm -hmm. or whatever. The first was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> that memo just <laughs> slid across the first desk. Yeah, and he was like, "I've been waiting for this moment." Yeah, it was. I assume it was a he. Yeah, sorry. And it did go after <laughs> Angel before. Right? It went yeah, after Angel. Went yeah. When Angel got his, that's what I was about to ask. So when men's, isn't that like he comes back, right? And then no. like the soul. He'd is... already been back. He was just tortured about. Coming back because he got his soul reinstated. Like it, his soul never went away when he went to hell. He came back in sold. Oh, okay. um, but he was also okay. tortured for like three thousand years or something. Right. Yeah. So he right. was having a hard time. So I think yeah. The so first. So sure the first heard about it and was like, oh. Yeah. The first good. has a yin I for sold vampires. <laughs> and it's like, oh, <laughs> these suckers. Yeah. Yeah. These are what you want. Weak and very yeah. powerful and which oxymoronically Stinking weak emotionally. Of humanity. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> so. And again, with Angel, oh, we no. have have the uh, the Buffy tie-in too, right? Angel will be a tool to hurt Buffy as well. So the first wants to stop the Slayer and loves an insult vampire. Loves him. Loves, loves him. him. Come on, what are you after? Fear, revenge, tasty brains? I think I'd like Don to be my girlfriend. Again, wrong sister. I'm the one that dates dead guys. And no offense, but they were hotties. All right. Um... I think it is time, oh, for me to tell you that we're a real podcast, and you can find us everywhere. Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, that will be at BeepMePod. Uh, you can also go to our website, BeepMePod.wordpress.com. That contains notes about our show here. Like, if we make a fun reference, you can be like, hey, where do you, what was that from? And you can find it there, and then you'll be in the know. And one of the cool kids that references pop culture, because no one does that except for us. On that website, you can also find a link to the playlist that I make just for you, dear listener, that contains any music that we play in our podcast, as well as any music that is played on Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's available on Spotify. But if you don't want to go to our website to find it because you just want to get to the tunes, you can go straight to Spotify and look for... I'm not going to fall for your trick. Uh, beat me hyphen fun... fun mm. God damn it. Uh, beat me hyphen <laughs> playlist for no. podcast fans. Fun... Playlist for podcast fans, season seven. So close. What is it? Beat me. <laughs> Hyphen. So Fun time playlist. Fun time for playlist podcast for podcast fans, fans. season, season seven. seven. But you were doing so Fuck good. Fuck me. <laughs> it's been three months, you guys. It's been a long yeah. time. You we're all writing the struggle. Did bus a stupid, today. stupid name for your playlist. Hey, it's a perfect wow. name. Well, that's the funny thing about me. I tend to hear the actual words people say and accept them at face value. That's stupid. I accept that. Let's do some yelling.
Uh, Daniel, you go first. Oh, shit. Um, I really like Giles saying, do you want to be punished? And then she says, I want to be Willow. It's very sad. Oh, yeah. That's good. Maybe Station. Willow should be punished. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Okay, I think you made me say this in the plot, but I actually disagree. I think Giles's coat is embarrassing, and I don't know why he's wearing it. <gasps> I like disagree. it. I think it's cool. I don't think it's cool. Oh, yeah. It looks dorky. Okay. Well, I'm going to use the yelling as some opportunities to say stuff from the DVD commentary because I don't know how to put stuff in in a logical way anymore. So, Joss. This was another thing that every year I come back with the same mission statement, which is let's actually do something scary because you get into this giant soap opera and you love all your characters so much and everybody's noble and everyone's struggling and everyone's in love and then there's not a lot of room for actual horror. Horror is the one thing I think the series had least of in its mix. But I loved that moment, the pencil moment. It freaks me out. That's, I think, one of the other reasons why horror wasn't a big part of the show. We pack scripts so densely with dialogue and things that are going on that we seldom took our time to do a sequence like this, which is very visual, very slow, very based on scary. And I agree with that. We've made a point to mention every time there's a cool horror moment. And I think that this, this episode was pretty successful in that. We had attention in the bathroom. That's a classic uh, horror thing, right? Because bathroom stalls are very, you know, like sensory deprivation. It's just you and, and nothing else going on. And, and the pencil Honorable. was good. I thought the zombie makeup Is that was great. Is slow, though? Like, that scene only lasts for, like, Oh, no, he, he was, seconds. like, this, it was still going on. He mentioned the pencil scene, but then it was it cut to the bathroom. And that's what he was talking about, the slow of the bathroom and, like, kind of Dawn creeping in and then finding the girl in the stall. Oh. Yeah. So it was a, both scenes. But anyway, uh, Daniel? Uh, Wood and Buffy, instant chemistry. I mean, the fact that they go on a date and stuff really makes total sense. Obviously, we know that there are other motives for, for Wood, but... um. I, I just liked it. I mean, he's like very charismatic and, and very fun and very such charming. a staple of 2003. He was on 24. He's the president's brother. Oh, really? I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, becomes the president. Uh, excellent. I mean, he's so, huh. such a great actor. What's his name again? D.B. Woodside. Something? Woodside. Yeah, excellent. So he's great. And, you know, him just offering a job day one, I think that's like great tension because I know so much about you, Buffy, and then I want you to be here. And she's like, I need to be here, too, because the principal's office is right over the Hellmouth. So they're both like... What is this show going to do? Very mm -hmm. good. Like, great episode one shit. Are you asking me to be a counselor? Well, we have a guidance counselor, but I was thinking the kids could use someone, you know, closer to their age, who still I'm has in. some... Oh, are you serious? You, you, you did hear the part about the money, right? Yeah, I heard. My schedule might be a little fantastic, but uh, I'll, I'll work it out. Yeah, so a quick note about Robin Wood. They didn't know who they were going to cast for the part. They kept the... Uh, name like uh, uh, gender neutral. Yeah, gender neutral because they weren't sure who they were going to cast, and then DB Woodside was available, so they they chose him. They didn't know if he was going to be good or bad, so they really wanted him to just be charming because they didn't know how they were going to play it. So Daniel, do do you know anything? Like, do you think he's a bad guy at this point? Do you like? No. Ooh, I'm gonna honestly don't remember. Actually, I don't know. I feel like he wants to like he wants to like avenge his mom, and like he wants to be a slayer. Maybe not. Maybe wants to kill. I actually don't know. So good question. No, I have no idea. I know that he knows because of his mom, and that's why he's doing this. I don't know. You well, Stacia asked. Actually, I don't really know. Yeah, Stacia asked earlier. Does he know Buffy's the Slayer at this point? And I was like, yeah, or maybe not. But yeah, but actually, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> so I don't know. I, like, why would he be here? Why would he be? I mean, like. Of all the places in the whole world that the last layers or to, well, to whatever, mom is gonna, you know, like, well, what are the chances? Spine. Yeah, he is here to seek vengeance. Because Spike killed his mom. Yes. 
I mean, it was hard because you have that moment that feels like weighty, like you're not quite sure. And I guess that's what Buffy's kind of like, ah, when he's like, you've got a really thick file and I've read it and you've done bad stuff. And you're like, do you know why I did those things? Do you have the series on DVD? Yeah. But he also doesn't seem very concerned. And then at the end, he sort of flips it around and is like, you're again, like you're the right person to be with them because yeah. those three have big files as well. Not Dawn so much, maybe, but like. Well, Dawn's two years old, so she doesn't have a file. But well, she also doesn't have a social security number. But uh-huh. um, yeah, those two, you know, it like makes sense. Then it's like I am reading up on people, and I mean, why would I read up on a former student? Whatever. But yeah, I mean, he, he plays it off like it's not weird and intimidating. If whereas Buffy just left right there at the beginning, she might think about him more and be like, "What the fuck was that about?" Mm-hmm. But now it's like, "Oh, he's a great principal." I mean, he even says that when he get leaves, he's like, "I'm gonna be the yeah, best principal ever." I'm the best principal ever. Like hell yeah. To but, which I said, all you have to do is not get eaten. Then, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, mm-hmm. that's that's the bar. Stacia? Uh, I guess piggybacking off of that, I've always thought of Principal Wood as being very old. If you had asked me when I watched <laughs> this in college how old he was, I would have said firmly mid-40s. And today when I was watching it, I was like, he looks very young. <laughs> and oh, I'm uh, feeling really stressed about it. And so I looked up his age and... 2002 when this aired and he was 33 so we are all officially older than the guy i thought was in his mid 40s in college and i am sorry db woodside you do not look like you were in your mid 40s i was just very ageist and just assumed if you could be principal you must be old (laughs) principal equals old but now but now i'm just like he's a baby Every couple of years, there's an article that's like, why, as we start to age and we're like, we deal with this exact thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, were people just look, did they look older back then? You just have to convince <laughs> yourself that that's true. Right. I mean, again, we watch the grassy and everybody's like, again, are are they that young? Because if they are, they, they are. Like they're in their 40s. I know it's awful, though. They look so fucking old. How Sorry. No, okay, the kids in Degrassi look very young well, the because kids, they are the their kids. age. But, but the, the parents, parents look rough oh, yeah, fair enough. for being That's like I mean. 28 to 30 or yeah. whatever their age is supposed to be at that point. Um, but I saw this, I watched this YouTube video that people actually, like, why Why does it always seem like people were older? <laughs> when you're younger, yeah. In the, like, even in history, like, if you watch, like, a movie from the 50s, those oh, yeah, people yeah. just seem more Way adult. Older. They just seem older, even though they're still supposed to be in their 30s or whatever. And a lot of it was, like... Less good medicine. Mm. Uh, smoking makes you look really old. Sure. And um, just like those like general like lifestyle changes, like just like prematurely age you that we don't see yeah. Yeah. anymore. Lead and, and hard drugs are more prevalent. Yeah. Just like <laughs> all those things. Yeah. I would say culture. Like, I mean, if you put a pers- person in a suit or whatever and they're, oh, sure. yeah. you mm-hmm. know, that's going to be different. You have better posture maybe back then. But we're slouching mm-hmm. on our phones. So mm-hmm. we look a little bit different, you know. Well, yeah. So. And then. Our clothes were like wearing like sweatpants and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's going to make yeah. you look, well, I guess younger, right? But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff. Less mm-hmm. responsible, so Anyways, therefore younger. He's 33. I hate to hear it. 33. I didn't want to hear that. How do, you, how do you feel about that? Would you, I mean, did you have any thoughts about how he ever appeared to you? Like, if I had been like, how old do you think he is? Oh, if you were to ask me, like, yeah, how old is he, like, in that moment right there? Yeah. 46. 43, 40, Yeah, 42? I would have said 40s for sure, yeah. Okay, thank early you. 40s, early 40s. I feel 40s. vindicated now because I felt like mm. I was being very unfair to him and 
We all have it's the just, same assumption. It's the suit. It's the principle. You know, it's like the yeah, position itself. Yeah, it's like the itself, position of power. Of power. Like, uh-huh. power. Also, yeah. <laughs> also, I just assume people on TV are older. Yeah. Oh my than god. They usually, than they actually are in real life. Not even scripted or, stuff. Yeah. Not like when we watch The Bachelor. I'm like, those guys oh. do not look like they're only 23. That man yeah. looks like he's a father mm. of of 15. He looks grizzled <laughs> and wizened. Although, although to be fair. Usually with The Bachelor, the men are all in their 30s, mid-30s, and the women are like 23. Yeah. <laughs> so then when you compare them, you're like, yeah, he does look old. <laughs> but, you know, they have their ages on yeah. uh, underneath their names constantly. Yeah. And I'm just like, that man is not 23, okay? He's not. <laughs> His name is Todd, and he has a family in Wisconsin, okay? <laughs> Get off the screen, Todd. <laughs> He's here for the Instagram followers only. <laughs> Most of them are. Get ready for another Joss Whedon quote. Joss. The trick about playing mad, I believe, is that you have to have a logic for everything you're saying. You can't just babble and giggle and do a thing. There has to be an emotional reason for everything you say, even if you're saying, the Kaiser is trying to steal my string. I don't understand that reference. And James totally brings that. He totally, you know, that he believes. And everything he said was actually to a point. In this and all of the mad scenes that I wrote, he's always very specific. Writing mad is like writing dreams, like when I did Restless or writing poetry. It's like you have to just evoke something without quite saying it out loud in a linear fashion. So James always understood where he was emotionally and really conveyed that. I agree. I think he's a good convincing, uh, not quite right person, especially as we go on. Like when he does the cross scene, that's the iconic thing, Mm. right? When he goes up and hugs the cross. Cannot wait. It's like beautiful. Um, So... Yeah, good job. Good job, James Marsters. And I think that, you know, we don't get a lot of it. He doesn't speak a ton in this episode. Daniel? Uh, yeah, I mean, you you already uh, shouted it out. But, like, we're in a pre, or sorry, a post-9-11 world. I believe Buffy's a part of America. And I don't know if they acknowledge <laughs> 9-11 or not. But, like, no. it's wild that um, Buffy Summers just walks through this school. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you got to think that Robin would either understands that something like, I mean, that's fine. I'm going to give Buffy like the, the biggest of leeway because I know who she is or I have my suspicions. Mm-hmm. But like, if this was a regular mom, like get the fuck out of here, get out of here. Unbelievable get here. stuff. And like, go, she's so brazen, like walking into classrooms, fucked up going in and like looking in the bathrooms, like go, go home, mm. go home. <laughs> you don't need to look at what you look like. <laughs> Nobody here needs to be looking at you. You need to get out of here. Yeah. Predator. Yeah. Out. The predator out. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really think she's but it's my hair. I I have mom hair. I only noticed this because every time I walk into the room I find Kelly watching a different episode of Buffy as if somehow she's not sick of this fucking show at it's this point. It's research. <laughs> I don't have a problem. It's not an addiction. Relapse is part of recovery. Okay. Uh, You're addicted like addicts do. Like addicts do. (laughs) Okay. uh, But anyways, I walked in on her watching season one, episode one, Welcome to the Hellmouth. And the very, the scene that I walked in on was when Joyce is driving Buffy to school and they have their little banter and Buffy gets out and then it like zooms over and you see Xander skateboard by and then completely never (laughs) skateboard ever again because that's not his personality. Um, Anyways, I liked in this scene that we have like a mirror image of that where Xander is now Buffy's mom and Buffy <laughs> and Joyce Xander drives <laughs> Buffy and Dawn to the school and we have like the same shot angle of the camera as Buffy gets out and it was just I thought it was a really nice little bookend of like season one mm-hmm. and season seven like the last season of like going back to school. Yeah, I think that you know 
Xander's my mom. <laughs> I'm sure Joss has those first couple seasons so well etched in his memory because he yeah. wrote almost the entire first season. And like, that's the show. My ideas are getting to come to yeah. life. And I, anytime he can do that thing, he, he admitted that this is definitely a greatest hit season, right? So it's like, I bet that, I hope that he was like, I absolutely want to do them pulling up to school. We got to do them pulling up to school. So I'm glad that you noticed that and like yeah, that. I like, I like that. I don't think I would have unless I'd actually just seen that exact it. scene. Oh, I definitely, I definitely noticed it. Immediately, as they were, oh, yeah. like, we saw the school. I was like, "You better drive up like Joyce did. It better look yeah. the same." Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like, I was a little bit bummed that it was Xander there still. I thought it would yeah. be Buffy, but I didn't realize she was going to go in the school and shit. Because I mean, it would have been perfect if she was like goodbye, and then she could have mm-hmm. just shown up later. They could have just done it shot for shot and just like yeah. had her drive away. And but also, we but have the joke that Buffy can't drive. So yeah, Buffy can't That's drive. Fair. That's fair. Buffy That's and fair. cars are like two unmixy things. things. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So on set, everybody was very excited about the lion ham new when uh, <laughs> when Robin Woods offering the job to Buffy, she says ham new, uh, which is just like a made up fake word that mm. uh, word of confusion or sound of confusion that Joss put in in the script. But it's H-A-M-N-O-O. He wrote ham new in uh, in the script. And apparently the people, the crew loved it so much. A guy, a, one of the assistant directors had it embroidered onto a hat and wore it for the entire season so when Joss came back to shoot shows he was like what the fuck is the guy in the, in the ham new hat what have you guys been doing I just like love it so good oh. ham new. That's, that's pretty funny actually uh, Halfrick and Anya talk about the Crimean War again which mm. yeah. we talked mm-hmm. about on the show mm-hmm. before this has mm-hmm. been the early 18 like end of the 1850s early 1860s um, it was right I mean this was it Spike and Drusilla were there. Uh, that was the did. Boxer Rebellion. No, I know, but they also mentioned Crimea as well. Did they? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and look it up. But I'm well. There's a scene in Selfless positive. where we're gonna do the flashback that they're talking about. I'm pretty. I'm like 90 percent sure we're gonna do the Crimea. It's in it's in the Boxer in Rebellion episode because they're talking about stuff and they're just like referencing, you know, just to okay. be like we're all around the world, baby. And I believe that they say the Crimean War because I just you I think you asked me about it and I was like because I just know when it was and I remember yeah. it happening on the podcast like organically and i was like yeah oh it's what we were talking about if halfrek is uh cecilia or whatever yeah that's when it was because that was like it was like a timeline issue yeah like it couldn't be her because of the crimean war reference yeah that's what it was maybe maybe yeah yeah Yeah. fair enough anyways cool crimean war we love it yeah I liked that um, Hallie called Anya Miss Soft Serve. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely devastating, and someone should call an ambulance for Anya. <laughs> well, that and the, shouldn't all my demon friends be here? Sweetie, they are. I, was like, oh, I know. Oh, I'm, my goodness. She has powerful energy of a gay man, like, honestly, and I just love it. The sass just, like, oozes from her pores. <laughs> One of my favorite things from this last season has been to dunk on Thomas Wanker. I can't get enough what of it. Well, wanker. finally, we are rid of the man. Hallelujah, everyone rejoice. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, And it it made me, this episode, we start out the gate with, well, Istanbul aside, we start with Dawn and Buffy in the graveyard, and the fight scene music is so different than any of the other fight scene music, and I noticed it immediately. I was like, oh yeah, we're not Kansas anymore. Wanker's gone. Uh, So it made me want to go back and listen to some fight music from the past seasons. I was like, well, let me specifically go to the very first episodes uh, of the seasons. And since we're talking about season premieres anyway, and get some of those fight music things. And I, I compiled it together. Maybe Daniel will put it up on our playlist just so you can kind of see the progression. And for me, there is a marked difference, especially Christophe Beck. Obviously, I'm a simp for Christophe Beck. I can't help myself, okay? Just damn. Um, 
but just so everyone knows, season one, Walter Murphy, seasons two through four, Christophe Beck, five and six, Thomas Wanker. And this episode, Just Lessons, is a guy named Robert Duncan. But the, oh no, I'm so sorry. Douglas this episode, Romain? yeah, this episode specifically was scored by Douglas Romain, who actually works at Christophe Beck's studio. Uh, and he's also the music director on Selfless. But Robert Duncan is gonna be our guy for the rest of the season. So in that little clip, I also put uh, a bit of the fight music from an episode where uh, I think Bring on the Night and it, it's different too because I was like this the music while Buffy and Don are fighting that vampire at the beginning is so bombastic and like punchy and there are horns which is like Thomas Wenker stuff but not those annoying season five horns that he is like that is his brand and I can't stand it you hear that and you know it's him I'm excited about the music this season because I think it's going to be a lot better somebody call an ambulance for Thomas bye Thomas Goodbye. That's, I mean, this podcast wow. does not support. Me and Stacia <laughs> Murder support. on this podcast. We don't, we don't kill humans. <laughs> I know. Come on. We talked about that. Jesus. <laughs> Battle evil. But I don't really win. The bad keeps coming back and getting stronger. Like the kid in the story, the boy that stuck his finger in the duck. Dyke. It's another word for damn. Oh. Okay, that story makes a lot more sense now. Uh, incredible. Well, speaking of the fight scenes, um, I, I've been on. Uh, on this podcast saying I'm bored by the fight scenes. I think in general, I don't, I just don't care. Um, but this one was fun because there was a bag of bricks and oh, yeah. we're tossing those bricks around. And I got to say like outside of dead things, which was like super fucking awesome. Uh, this was pretty cool. And, and even the fight at the graveyard was pretty good just cause it's done. You just, mm-hmm. because of the novelty of it, you get a pass, uh, yeah. the bricks, whatever. It's not like novel or anything like that, but it was super fun. And it, and they, I don't know, they were short and, but there was a lot of it. I was a little bit tired of it, but you gotta love the bricks and even better kid at the end. Nobody. Cause Buffy at this point is like bad bitch alert. She's not going to help her pick up the backpack. So kids behind them all as they're leaving, picking up her fucking books oh, and her mm-hmm. fucking pencils. Yeah. And then she's picking up that fucking backpack with the bricks. I'm like, take the bricks out. Like, what are we doing? I did. I wrote down. I was like, Don just says, "Give me your backpack." Dumps all her shit on the ground without asking. Yeah. <laughs> Fills it with bricks. Like, okay. Yeah, at the end, she's, well, I mean, she's, pick, she's picking it up. She's, she's cool it with up. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a life or death situation. I guess it all makes sense. But I was like, okay, well, that's fine. She could have helped that's her though. Put it back together. Yeah, uh, the bag thing is cool, and just by the nature of it being a weird weapon, she has to fight differently, so that does make it interesting. Joss Whedon yeah. called it bag foo, and he agrees with you in the commentary. He's like, the the fighting scenes always get short shrift because it's so road at this point. We're just we know we're gonna do a punchy cakey fight because we had to do a punchy cakey fight in every episode. So they're like, yeah, fucking give her a bag. Let's <laughs> let's yeah. do something different, just to, even if it's a little bit different. And I think you're right, the novelty of it just being slightly different. Let's put her in a weird position. I love that you guys are thinking about that because all I was thinking was, wow, that must that bag must be from like Land's End or something because that's a tough. high quality bag. <laughs> it's not. I had a bag once and this douchebag guy in high school picked it up just like hers, like that like messenger style bag. Yeah. Swung it around, hit a tree. I just had books in it and it just exploded all <laughs> over the front of the school. And I was just like, why is this not happening with fucking bricks? <laughs> Hot topic. No quality there. <laughs> Injustice. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. 
Do you have any more yelling? Uh, yes, I do. I just, I have to, we talked about this already, but I have to bring it up again no, please, because yeah. it was really funny and I laughed about it really hard and I just, I thought it was fabulous. Um, I didn't realize, actually, I'm going to say two things. I didn't realize, one, that Robin Wood was so funny because in the first, the first line that he says mm-hmm. that like really got me was when he was like, you know, usually when people graduate, they like go somewhere else. <laughs> and the way he was like saying it, like he was like trying so hard not to crack up. Like, you're such a loser, Buffy. Like, why the fuck do I have to tell you to get out of here? <laughs> was just like, Anywhere to be. Do you have anywhere to Just be? Just so good. And then uh, later when they're like flirting or whatever, and her phone rings and she's like, ah, it's my dog. And he was like, yeah. what? And she's like trying to backtrack and be normal. And then she's like, three dead. And he's like, your dogs are dead. And she's like, I have to go. And then he's like, good luck with your dog. Tragedy. Tragedy. And it was just like so iconic. Because it's just like the sheer confusion. Uh-huh. <laughs> And you would say, like, Buffy's first response to a normal question is, it's my dog on the phone. (laughs) Like, she tried to go through her, like, Rolodex in her head, because we're from the 90s, thinking about who would be a normal person to call me right now. She got to my dog, who I don't even have. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you're right. She was like, mom, dad, sister, at school, Xander, here, dog? (laughs) Blame it on the dog. (laughs) I also want to believe that he knows who she is, so that when he insults her by saying, it's nice of you to bring your daughter to school. And then they're like, ooh, weird. No, like, I he did it on purpose. And it's like, <laughs> he's just being an asshole. He's like, actually, it's I like, do yeah, know you. And I know you're not old enough to have a two-year-old. Just Duh. kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Gotta keep it real. I'll never let Dawn forget she's not a person. She's not an, a, a person or an adult or anything. She's nothing. She's, she's nothing. all energy. She's nobody. Um, yeah, I mean it. You are the coolest mom ever. Oh, okay. Come on. Um, we still have a few more classes to live through. I can't believe these idiots built this school on the Hellmouth again. I can't I believe can. we did this again. Okay, so the construction company doesn't know any better. Where are you going to put it? The high school was in a perfect place. Why don't we just put it where it is? But Xander, how in good conscience, and this makes sense more to your point, like he must have not been in control of any of that. And obviously the city would be in control of where the building actually goes. But like, I just... How can you do this again? How? Somebody needs to stop this. The Hellmouth is literally there. This should be, nothing should be here. Nothing. Again, how do you bring that up in a town hall meeting, though? (laughs) You just sound like a crazy person. Right, right, right. We can't. Does anyone remember the snake? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's a bad omen. (laughs) Snake? What snake? You mean the gas leak? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that was an excuse in School Heart. I forgot gas leak was a thing. Yeah. Anyway. Daniel? Uh, I have a four-parter, and I'll just get it, get done Hell with yeah. it. Uh, this is about England. I, England I couldn't go facts. that that deep, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it out. This is what's gonna happen in England, so we can think about everybody in 2003. Ooh. I assume that I assume that Giles is gonna be like, tr- you know, coming coming to the states and going back and forth. Right? Is that what mm-hmm. he does, or does he just okay? So Giles is going to experience these things. Okay, in February, there's gonna be two million people demonstrating against the Iraq War. And it's going to change nothing. We're going to war, baby. And I'm sure Buffy's going to, Buffy's probably going to enlist, I mean, in the, in the dark timeline. Um, the summer 2003 heat wave was uh, Britain's worst, one of Europe's worst of all time until this year. So For now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> until this year. Yeah. Until this year. And actually, I think they set all the records this year. Uh, England, however, does win their first Rugby World Trophy later on. Oh, thank God. Uh, this summer which is pretty great. Uh, the M6 toll motorway also opens, everybody, which gives the United Kingdom its first toll motorway, uh, providing a where? northern bypass from the M6 
across the Midlands. Oh. Is that where and what? is that where secret government officials commute to work? Sorry, this joke doesn't even make oh, any sense because they're the MI6. But <laughs> MI6, yeah, it is. Yes. That's the just, only road they're allowed to use. Well, in England is so small that they're just like the M3, the M4, the M6. They only have like fucking six, six roads. roads. <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> it's awful. Yeah, uh, and then, and then finally, right. in December, Mick Jagger from the film Free Jack and also a singer in some band uh, is going to become a knight. He's going to get his knighthood. Yeah. Uh, how relevant so, to our yeah, life how, specifically. How absolutely relevant. I'm sure his band is pretty good. I don't know if he's, I don't know, Free Jack. Jury's out great movie how's he as an actor you guys is that why he was he was fun i mean he was fine in the movie he was he was great actually (laughs) the movie was fucking the movie was great the movie was just really really yeah you missed out it was pretty solid yeah Yeah, it was pretty good however what's happening in westbury that's that's what we all want to know there used to be tell me about the chalk horse no i don't have that uh you already said it no there used to be a hill fair in the 18th Mm -hmm. and the 19th centuries they don't do it anymore a hill fair the hill where the horse is Probably a hill fair. Like yeah. they go to the hill and then they're just like, Woo! they marvel at the chalk horse and they have a festival. They sold sheep. Oh, okay. That's not where I thought we were going to go. With the that. next England fun fact that I have, and I have too, the next fact is that the A350 connects to the M4 across the town. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Westbury, not looking I great. tried. No. And then, okay, so that's it. We're done with Westbury. Um, I. I tried to look up if the synchronized swimming, there is a federation that actually judges synchronized <laughs> swimming, but I just, I, I ran out of time before I could look up, like, where does England rank? How, where do they even do this? It's not an Olympic yeah, yeah. sport. So it's, it's tough because it's also, um, synchronized swimming can be dancing or it can be just actually like swimming. Like, I mean, there's uh-huh. a lot of definitions of it and wow. apparently there is a governing body. So you'll have to find that out on your own. Uh, for you guys, I've never been to London. You guys have bangers and mash. Mm-hmm. You know, we bring it up. Willow mm-hmm. doesn't know. I'm surprised she wouldn't have it. I feel like I would want to have it if I went there. It's really I would go to like one place to just go out on the British shit. But I mean, I think everybody kind of knows what it is. But did you Sausages guys have and... bangers a match? I no, mean, we did not. No, we didn't. Is no. it obvious if someone was like, "Would you want a banger?" Oh, would you immediately be like, "Ah, sausage, 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 sausage yeah." Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's no, so permeated didn't. at this point. It's like. I, we I did have so. a fried slice, though. Yeah, I had. A, I did yeah. get like a full uh, English breakfast, and I got the fried slice with it, which I did not know what it was. Mm-hmm. It is literally a slice of white bread that is tossed into a deep fryer. It is awesome. one of the grossest things I've ever eaten mm-hmm. in my entire life because it's just like eating solidified oil. Yeah, uh, British people, explain yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have no explanation, and that's why they're not allowed in this country anymore so we kicked him out for a fucking reason and buffy says that to giles that's why we, we can't have nice things because you like your little <laughs> disgusting peas that's why we had a fucking revolution right. to begin with Get the fuck out of here. oh yeah they love peas. peas i ate so many more peas in england than i have in the rest of my life yeah yeah <laughs> can i have a roast dinner put some peas on it got fish and chips where's the peas come on yeah. Give me the peas. They're a bunch of uh, heathens. Uh, Dumbledore <laughs> reference. Uh, I was like, where are we at in 2003? Order mm-hmm. of the Phoenix comes out later. It's now, what, 2002, right? Cause it's, yeah, September um, 2002. Mm-hmm. September 2002. So right now, Azkaban, the movie, is not coming out until 2004. But you could just have seen this summer uh, Chamber of Secrets. Or no, actually, yeah. Chamber, I think, comes out in like November. Actually, no. Chamber of Secrets, 2002, will be coming out soon. Chamber of Secrets will be coming out soon. That's the, the movie. Mm-hmm. The second one. Order the of the Phoenix one. comes out this. Oh, my God. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Order of the Phoenix, the book. Order of the Phoenix, the book comes out on the 21st of June, 2003. So That's by the one. end of this show, we'll be getting Order of the Phoenix. Uh, yes. But Willow, is. confirmed, has, has read Harry Potter. That's fun. Wait, the, fun? the movies were that close behind the books? I mean, not that close. This is three. I mean, this is uh, movie two and book five. Oh. The, the the books ended in 2007. The last oh, Goblet of Fire is the fourth one. Or the Goblet of Fire is the fourth one. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 my bad. Yeah. Okay. But still, they're like four years behind. I mean, they caught up pretty quick. But yeah. Mm. yeah. Why wouldn't well, you? Well, I think the last couple of books took like a couple of years to come out each. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they split up the, the last book into two movies. So that's stretching out. They did. They did, yeah. Deathly Hollows, whatever, right? I just love that, that Willow's, you know, read it. And like, it's it's a, like a, obviously a witch magic oh, yeah. book. Well, so it's kind uh, of Her and, that... and Don bond over that in uh, Real oh, Me. Let's fucking, wait, Real Me? Like the one that mm-hmm. already happened? Yeah. Oh, they. We've already talked about Harry Potter. I think we before. talked about Harry Potter yeah. already on this show. Yes. What I don't think that? I gotta say that the second movie is the best movie, so I'm. I'm glad I've got to say that here. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, please leave us all your angry comments because <laughs> I know I'm the only one that believes that. <laughs> You're definitely. Right. I have zero skin in this game. <laughs> so good. I do not give a shit about Harry Potter. Sorry, everyone. Wow. It's, it's fine. I'll take it or leave it. I don't think it's bad. It's just like. Meh. I never got no, to I mean, that's fine. I'm just saying, of the movies, the second one's the best one. <laughs> I will take no argument. Thank you. You can't do that. It's wrong. You can't do that. Because it's naughty. Because it's wrong. Because it's wrong. You can't do that. It's wrong. I'll kick your ass. I'm going to kill you. I just looked through my notes. I didn't put this in our questions, but... So we were talking about Spike, right? And the crazy thing, so... Two things. One, why do you think they were protecting Spike? But before you get to answer that, why were or who summoned the uh, the fucking zombie ghost, right? Buffy asks that. She said the important thing is not the talisman. It's who made the talisman, who summoned the talisman. So I, my theory that I've just compiled right now is that the first summoned those zombies to protect Spike because Spike is the first's pet. How could the first have done that when the first doesn't have hands, as we established? Spike made the talisman. (laughs) Okay. No. I think the bigger question is, why did Buffy find the talisman immediately and and not recognize it's a talisman? Like, it's literally a bone with some feathers tied to it. What else could it be? Take it. Just and take it clear, yeah, just take it. If nothing else, like if you're not like, I don't, I'm not going to break this immediately. That's my first instinct. But I'm going to take this. It clearly doesn't belong to anyone. I'm just going to take this because it looks spooky. And I'm investigating spooky things. I am trespassing on high school grounds to investigate spooky shit. I'm going to take this spooky artifact. But yeah, I, I, Super I negligent. can't think of any other reason why the ghosts would be preventing Buffy to get to Spike. I don't know if it was that the ghosts didn't want Buffy to get to Spike or if they just didn't want Spike to get out because he's crazy. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I my, my official going theory is that the first made the zombies to protect Spike because Spike is for the first. Well, I think one of the ghost zombie things after, um, or talisman apparitions or whatever, um, after Puffy got the door open said, see, I knew we'd get out again or something like oh, that. Maybe. I, don't but I might that, be wrong. But I can't, I can't say it wrong. So I just, yeah. And, and that makes sense why he knew exactly what was going on, too, because, like, he was part of the plan in some way. Okay. 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 Uh, I feel like I have some fast things real quick. Oh, Willow says, I killed people, Giles. People, plural, meaning one, Warren, and two, Rack jokes on her. Both of them are alive. Are uh, they? Yep. 
I thought Warren just comes back as like a meat suit for like. He's alive. Second. Nope, he's alive. He just doesn't have any skin. We get to see Sarah Michelle Gellar's lower back tattoo. Isn't that fun? Didn't mm, you like I that? Know. I, I like that. Ask about that. Is that canon? Yeah, she, I guess it's canon. <laughs> Buffy doesn't have any tattoos, but Sarah Michelle Gellar certainly does. The I don't know what the part of the guitar is called because I'm a, not a real guitarist. But the, like the resonator, like the whole the opening in the guitar, mm -hmm. the acoustic guitar, the one that the, the girl is playing yeah. is in the shape of a guitar. I've never seen that before. That's so fucking fun. Those really? terrible whatever singer songwriters they are. Yeah, yeah, the ones that they were dunking on at the espresso pump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Yo, yeah. See how it's a fun. It's the shape of a guitar instead of just being a circle. That's Isn't so that neat? cool. They are not the worst thing you've ever heard, Kelly. That's me. You're being you're you're coming out today, dude. Sheep sheep days. Sheep sheep days. Oh, that's sheep under. That's sheep upside down. It is sheep upside down. Oh my god. What does it mean? Buffy blocks a lead pipe strike to herself with her fucking forearm multiple times. I know you have Slayer strength, but bones is bones, and that did not feel good. There's no way she shrugs it off. No problem. And she's a Slayer. This is another nitpicky, stupid thing. Oh yeah, God, I love the mayor. Um, why does he? Why does Adam say number seventeen instead of hostile seventeen? It doesn't really matter, but it just felt weird when he said it. He just says that. As for you, number seventeen, say hostile. He's 17. not hostile anymore. It's <laughs> part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> and that's us moving on. Okay, great, wonderful. He's not hostile anymore. He's part of the team. It's not real. Lesson one. It's always real. Woo, Daniel. Update yeah. us on the watches, please. Do we have some new ones? Brand new season. Uh, you'll just have to listen and see if there is new okay. ones. Uh, Xander Construction Outfit watch. At first it was a no. Yes. And then it was a big, fat fucking yes. Heart Absolutely. Heart Finally. Heart. And like a uh, nice casual, you know, not not the full. Hat? Not the full Bob the Why Builder, we... but close. Yes. Why is it called a hard hat, not a helmet? Mm. I don't know. No strap? No strap? No, they have straps sometimes. Is it is it to keep your head from hitting something versus something hitting your head? Oh, maybe that's a good point because helmets are supposed to be for your yeah. you hitting the ground or whatever, right? Yeah. But this is for stuff falling onto your head. Falling yeah. onto your head, a hat. Ah. Yeah, that's ah. smart. Damn. Okay. All right, we can just back it up. I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, at first, I was going to say the opposite, and we already kind of talked about this, but I, you know, he had a client meeting, of course, uh, and then I said, "Mom, Buffy, and Dad, Xander helping infant Don off to school was adorable," and I stand yep. by that. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, yeah, he's working at the science building like a weirdo, and I love it. I fucking love it. Uh, maroon jacket watch slash Anya belt alert. No, Anya sitting down. Couldn't see it. So, yeah. but her hair is a new it. color. It's not blonde anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Dawn's piercing screams. <laughs> Yes, in the graveyard oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after not killing the vampire. Uh, she gets stabbed by Nerd Boy. She the screams. Pencil, yeah. uh, you know, attacked in the bathroom. She screams. A lot of screaming from her. A lot of screams when done. she fell down into the mm -hmm. hole. Probably screamed when Buffy showed up. I mean, God. When she got choked, I think she was. She's, yeah. She was trying to scream. We know that. Ships Ahoy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would think as a viewer, it's malfunctioning or the soul thing or whatever. There's interactions going on. So I'm saying, yes, I'm sure Buffy's confused and is like, what's going on here. But you know, clearly there's something weird happening with him. And my first re reaction would be the chips malfunctioning. So mm -hmm. I say yes for that. Uh, the little is bad. The new, uh, new watch. Do we even what fight vampires anymore? Yeah, <laughs> we do. Um, but we, we find weirdly enough that this is crucial to Don's development. 
and yeah. it's probably one of the only times we'll do it this season. So the littlest bad is a yes. Buffy has a personality. I said, yes. Have you seen that lower tattoo, back tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> and then she um, is dedicated to the anti-intellectual side of herself. She always has been that way. When she says only nerds finish high school, I, she means it. She fucking means it. Dawn, if you get two book learning... You're out of the you're out of the family. <laughs> we, we we keep it real dumb in this house. Um, so her dedication is bad. She has mom hair, um, which is great. I mean, that's a personality trait. Uh, she also walks around like a predator, uh, looking for children. So that's kind of you know it's something. She does also admit that she's in a, into dead guys. So like she's finally yeah, she being self aware, mm-hmm. but she only goes for the hotties because she's shallow. Uh, to Hoffer and watch, you fuck yeah, yes, kind of dimension. Just and I said, like the the Devon Coven, they are mysteriously unnecessary for our plot, except for name only. So they both get mentioned, the Devon Coven as well, uh, but only in passing because, of course, <clears throat> the most valuable weapon. A brand new watch here, Sunnydale and cell phones. I'm going to be tracking cell phones as we go along. Oh, yeah. Of course, um, the dogs are dead. Um, isn't the perception amazing? I'm in the freaking basement. Um, so I, I hope we get a lot of weird, uh, very um, coming out of the 90s uh, talk about how rad cell phone signal is, you know. Uh, Michael Wicca, Amy, Michael, Amy, Wicca, Kit, Gothwatch. Oh, no. Ooh, yeah. Kit's getting thrown in the mix. Uh, yes. Uh, if you see anything strange as the goth girl walks by, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then, oh, fuck, you're an actual character. Uh, very cool. Um, and then she's uh, super in tune with the spiritual vibrations of the place. I guess Carlos is too. So, I mean, there you go right there. Uh, a new watch. There's too many dang kids in the summer's house. Uh, no. The, the, not the right, right now. Of, the right We're amount not even of kids. close to capacity. So we'll leave it there. Uh, is Willow okay? Is replacing, is Buffy okay? Is, do we want to give Willow a dollar? I don't think Willow needs a dollar. So we're not going to do that. Um, I said that Willow is not okay. She is an introducing. Okay, yes. I was just going to say, she did have like a panic attack and weirdly oh. touched the ground. Oh, absolutely. Not okay. No, she is not okay. She's not okay. okay. She's introducing uh, invasive species from Paraguay into yes. the northwestern edge of the Salisbury Plain. Uh, <laughs> so not great. Uh, I've killed people. And Giles is like, I haven't forgotten. Fuck you. You've killed people too, you <laughs> asshole. Uh, do you want to be punished? I want to be Willow. She's so sad. Panic attacks. And whatever you said in your script, Kelly, about the fit or whatever Giles. Well, because I was like, she's having a fit. So Giles squeezes the fit out of her. Yeah. I just wanted I wanted you to have to say it too. I didn't just want station. Do to be that there. yogurt machine it. sound. <laughs> Is that the that's the sound of the pit coming out? Uh, <laughs> to, con- no. to continue with the anti-intellectualism of Buffy uh, in the household. There's no books here. I mean, there, there's books in the school, but nothing like magic. And so, no, this is a non-book episode. Streets ahead. You're damn right. Sunnydale High School 2.0. New layout. New dungeon crawl. Same old Hellmouth. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And then finally, mm-hmm. Giles' biggest KO. You're goddamn right. The motherfucker's riding around and horses. He needs his horse cap, but he can't have it. So he can't gallop. So he has to <laughs> trot, which makes that even funnier when you told me that. Excellent. Uh, there's no use for his deep uh, knowledge of botany. So I find that to be pretty sad for him. He knows so much about plants, never gets to really use them, especially when he's not a watcher. I mean, he kind of used it, obviously, when he was a watcher. But what's he going to do now? Do you think he works with plants like in England? I don't know. How does he make money? Uh, he doesn't know shit about synchronized swimming. 
that to me is very funny. And I'm going to say he looks dope in that duster. However, yeah. when he stood up, however, when he stood up, he's wearing his normal fucking nerd outfit. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you can't just wear like a sweater underneath your duster, man. You got to fully commit to this duster. So I was really disappointed in that. Uh, Giles is Dumbledore. Yeah, that totally tracks for me. And then he says, uh, in the end, we are all who we are. And I'm like, how fucking insightful. Good job. <laughs> Giles biggest KO. We got KO'd a lot. Those are your watches. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I've got the steak. The steak is not the power. It's time to rank this sucker. First one of the season. Here we go. This is going to be an extended cut. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. This episode, episode isn't long enough already. Okay. Willow Hacks slash Talk by the Night slash Something Wicked This Way comes. Five. She makes a flower and has a panic attack. Uh, Dawn needs an adult. Hell no. Fighting vamps, assembling Scoobies. She's got this shit under control. 10 for Don. Giles level of Giles. This is tough because Giles is super cool in this episode. He's also in his native habitat. He's wearing a dope trench coat. He's Dumbledore and he's riding a fucking horse. But all of that is pretty un-Giles. That is, none of that is the Giles we have known for six seasons. Not a single stitch of it. So I'm going to have to give it a five. medium Giles. Yeah. The coolest Giles has been so far. Medium Giles. Oh, God. Monster of the Week. I thought the makeup on the zombies was excellent. It was it was some of my favorite um, yeah, special effects really that we've done. The it was really girl, convincing. too, was great. Mm-hmm. With the eye, it was yeah. like all fucked up. It was awesome. Uh, and there were some great horror moments, as we pointed out before. But uh, I do wish they would have used the past victims, as we discussed. So I brought it down a little bit for that. So I gave them a seven. Relationship, goodness, or badness. Buffy slash Xander slash Don. The new nuclear family, as you pointed it out. Uh, Giles and Willow are cool. But uh, Mr. Attempted Rape is crazy in the basement. And Willow is probably going to have a hard road back to Sunnydale. So I gave relationship goodness or badness of seven episode specific good luck with your dog tragedy 10 out of 10 nice 44 that puts it at number one for the season anyone who might be confused on what episode we're on uh i ranked this 61 out of 123 that's like right in the middle sure is holy moly yeah okay what's above it what's below it uh it is below normal again and helpless Okay. And it's above all the way in Beauty and the Beasts. Oh, Scrappy Pete. What did you put for the episode description? Oh, uh, Dawn falls through the bathroom, mm-hmm. zombie ghost apparitions, uh, Buffy and Professor Wood are cute. Oh, that's nice. And this is definitely below Dark Age. Uh, yes, it's like six below Dark Age. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. D- Daniel, where did you rank this one? I ranked this number 43. Probably okay. a bit too high. Um... But I'm going to give, like I said, the, the, it was either this or we're like in the 60s and then it's a precipitous drop off. So we're kind of like in the edge of the precipice for me is like about 68, I think, before it goes into the like 80s and 90s. So um, 43, I, I said I was going to give it 20 points just for the ending and it was as good as I remembered. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's like, again, if power is our theme, Joss Whedon's doing it. There's a lot of elements here that are going to juke this stat. Um but yeah, 43, I think, is, is okay. Um, and then we'll see where that all lands for our, you know, best of uh, of all of our premieres. Yeah, I don't want to make this a habit. I'm not going to do like, okay, episode two. Everybody yeah. tell me your, your episode twos from the previous seasons. But, uh, you know, this is the last season premiere we're going to have. So I think it would be fun to just quickly tell me how you feel in your heart without the hard stats. But we will give those in a minute. Uh, where this episode 
stacks amongst our previous season openers. So we've got Welcome to the Hellmouth slash The Harvest. That was actually aired on the same day, so that does count as like a true two-parter in my mind. So we got Welcome to the Hellmouth and The Harvest, When She Was Bad, and The Freshman, Buffy versus Dracula, and Bargaining Part 1 and 2. Stacia, where do you feel, just like off the... Where, 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 where does this all line up? How does this go? Um... I know without looking at my rankings already that I have Welcome to the Hellmouth and When She Was Bad ranked really high. I have no idea where the harvest ended up. Uh, so I guess maybe that brings the total for averaging them together down lower. Um, and as I think classically not a very strong first episode, Freshman and Buffy are, or the Freshman and Buffy versus Dracula are okay. And I don't even remember what happens in Bargaining. Uh, the Biker Gang? Buffy oh, comes yeah. back from the dead? That's right. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Not very much bargaining, honestly. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Uh, I guess I like the first two season openers a lot. I like season six okay, and I did warm up a little to Buffy versus Dracula. Okay, but the, what about this one, like in that milieu? Where does this go? Lessons. This one? Yeah. Um, I think it's at the lower end with Anne. Hmm. Damn. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Dino, where do you, how do you feel about this, just without the, the stats? You, want, the you just want my feelings, not my, even yeah. though I know my stats. Okay, so you yes. told me to riff on my feelings. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, I mean, this one's fine. I, I'm a, I'm partial opposite of Stacia. I'm more partial to the later seasons. I think just as we're going along, it, they just feel so far away to me. Um, and, like, they all have, like, stakes and stuff, but I mean, the clearest, like, bad ones are just, like, and I mean, for me, when she was bad, was annoying just because they're beating up, like, bones from party city and it's just like <laughs> that was all real tough but like buffy dracula i thought i was gonna hate it it was better than i thought freshman too i kind of thought i wasn't gonna like season four i mean it, overall not a great season but like i really liked the freshman it was a great reset um but yeah i mean iconically hellmouth is best B bargaining i mean buffy comes back from the dead that was dope i mean mm. I, and because i'm ranking two at the time I think the same way that your averages might kind of like weird it out and you would have to do the math for me. I've been doing the part one and part two and those two are part one, part twos. And I think that they benefit from being two parters, you know, so you mm -hmm. get a longer uh, meditation on whatever you want to story you want to tell. So this one's only one, one episode, but it is Joss Whedon and that's good. Although aren't all of these Joss Whedon? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. They that's are. pretty. That's good. Wait, no, 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 wait. Yes. No. Fuck. <laughs> no, not bargaining. I don't bargaining. think bar bargaining's no, not. No, no, yeah, bargaining's yeah. not. Bargaining's not. not. No, no. That yeah. would be Marty. Yeah. But everything else yep. is, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, uh, Buffy vs. Dracula is one of my favorite episodes of the whole series, so it's an obvious one. Uh, but I also love The Freshman. I fucking love Sunday. She's just, I don't know why. I just, she's one of my favorite characters ever. So those are, are high for me. But it's hard not to give it to Welcome to the Hellmouth, man. It's the one that started it all. Without Welcome to the Hellmouth, we have no show. So sure, I would sure. say those are my top, and Anne is the worst, obviously. So, um, Stacia, do you actually know your order, just real quick, from the worst to best? Wait, maybe you should go then, Daniel. Yeah, I, mean, I can go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, exactly what I just said. I don't know how to riff on the... I'm looking at my rankings. So Anne is 117 out of 137. It's one of the worst episodes of the whole entire series. When she was bad is 110. I mean, I'm sure I would look back now and I probably was way more mean to that but again master's bones hate it buffy dracula we <laughs> jump up all the way from 110 up to 62 uh but it's nice. number five uh 48 uh that's 62 points 48 points was what the freshman got 43 is what lessons got so for me they're about the same uh hellmouth was number 32 which I, you know i kind of like it i'm sure it's great it's iconic but like i'm 
whatever. It's getting that for like a legacy <laughs> amount. I'm sure it's whatever. But like um, Bargaining Part 1 and 2. I mean, I'm the opposite of you guys. Bargaining Part 1 and 2 mm-hmm. together, 20, 24 uh, mm-hmm. overall out of 137. So it's number one. I mean, it's the best statistically for me. Um, but yeah, you guys have it way lower. But again, you're doing like, you got to fight with both of them, right? Because all of these have one good and one bad. You know, right. So, yeah. And that's a classic one where mm-hmm. it's like the good one's good and the bad one's bad. So, you know. for sure. Yeah. Mine's uh, Anne is the worst. Bargaining one and two right after that or right above that. When she yeah. was bad. Lessons right in the middle. Freshman. Welcome to the Hellmouth slash the Harvest. And then Buffy versus Dracula at the tippy top. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's that's like where this shook out. I think is I feel good about that. Lessons right in the middle. Seems good. What about you? Yeah, me too. Uh, I can't do the part one and part two, and I'm only going to do the part one. That's fine. Uh, Anne is the lowest at 92, and then 76 is the freshman, and then 61 is lessons, and then 49 is Buffy versus Dracula, uh, and then 19 is bargaining part one. Dang. Oh, yeah. I guess, you know, that was the thing that for the part one was better than the other ones. Yeah, or and then uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth is eight. Nice. And then when she was bad as four. Damn. Wow. Damn. I didn't Excellent. realize that was that fucking high. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah. I've got a huge block of season two that's in my top ten. Yeah. Well, because you love that that line that Buffy says to Xander where she's like, I never thanked you for saving my life. Don't you wish I would? Oh, I love that <laughs> so much. That whole scene. I just like. Well, it is great. Chibamato's playing. And it's like it's all spooky. so and, good. Yeah. Oh, I love that scene. Bad slutty Buffy. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I know. It, it, <laughs> like, it gets me. And then like I have Passion and Becoming Part 2 and Part 1 also in the top 10 from Season 2. I think they're all strong episodes. Okay, great. Kind of a checkered past. More like a plaid. Kind of a clan tartan of badness, really. Uh, you know, but there are factors. We finally made it to the end of the very last season premiere. Can you believe it? Um, well, I guess we'll have one of for the season shows. eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of the TV show. But uh, do you have anything else to say about this season seven premiere, Stacia? I have a head cannon. Okay. Um, uh, I don't think you say in here. What? The name of Willow's, like, magic person. Miss Harkness? Yes. Okay. Um, I have a headcanon that Otto the horse is actually oh. Miss Harkness. Oh Let's go. God. And that's oh why God. the horse is in the episode. Why oh didn't you God. lead have, with this? What we you, have no confirmation that Miss Harkness <laughs> is indeed a person. What the fuck? Why so didn't you bring just... this up two hours ago? I would have brought this is, up into the top is, Yeah. The horse is Willow's. <laughs> Yoda. Sam is the doctor. Sam is the, the doctor. Horse is Miss Harkness. The horse. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And I that will was... say Otto played it very convincingly. Oh that is uh, the best. Any other thoughts about this episode? We've <laughs> <laughs> ever had. I'm actually mad sure. about it. I, you can't do that against this. <laughs> if you have another <laughs> thought like that, you have to say it early. You cannot wait. <laughs> Jesus. This cannot be buried in the outro. I Fucking know. You. We need time to dwell on this and call world, back to it throughout the, the whole episode. The world needs to hear. The world needs to hear this. Miss Harkness is a horse. <laughs> oh, my God. Daniel, do you have anything else to say about this episode? How You're not going to top that. How could yeah. I? <laughs> <laughs> well, please join us next week for uh, hopefully another delightfully eccentric uh, headcanon from from Stacia. Uh, we'll see what she, she comes up with. But uh, <laughs> Is that our new category? <laughs> Yeah, Stacia's Batchet Theory. (laughs) 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 But uh, the next episode will be Beneath You. Until Mm. then, Stacia, say goodbye, please.
Miss Horseness. Miss Horseness! <laughs> Daniel, say goodbye. Do you want to be punished? I want a podcast. Oh, yeah. We'll catch you next time for Beneath You. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. I knew a woman more wonderful than a Disney one. I lost my heart, I just wondered if you could give me one. I hit you back, you know, lately I've had some busy ones. So what do you think? You get your soul back and everything be Jim Dandy? So slippery than a greased weasel. Why do you think I sold mine? Why you got a bitch all the time? Just read my message. Shit. I love to dance. I like music. I'm very into Britney Spears' early work before she sold out, so mostly her um, finger painting and macaroni art. Very underrated. Never been the type to be so reckless with decisions. Swear you tried to tell me, but it's like I never listened. And I was meant to share your vision. I was meant to be your rider. Put a bit of Henny on my rider. You can stay at home, I send a drive. Yeah, no, no, of course. And good luck with that dog tragedy. But that was then and this is now I was pacing around my kitchen that this shit is foul I done the dirt and then I figured that you dig it out But that's a coward move, I guess you got me figured out I know you never listen to me You told me love, oh what a gift I know that it's hard, too hard to forgive And to be honest if I were you I'll be the same way To be honest if I were you It's about power.